Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 293, recorded on August 20th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we welcome back a lost dad, discuss the latest Indie World Showcase, which of the dads should be the lead producer of MP4, and that's Metroid Prime 4, and your awesome questions later on. Jesse, you know what to do. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here with Nintendo Dads, and today is August 20th, and you're listening to episode 293. Joining me on the show tonight is a veritable cast of ne'er-do-wells, internet ruffians, and Justin Massey. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you figure out who's who. Uh, joining us on the show tonight, Jesse Waldack. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah, I actually had today off as a vacation day from work, and so my wife took a vacation day off from work as well, and then we spent the day finishing standing the fence in the backyard that we started last Christmas, but then stopped because of we didn't didn't have the time. When we did have the time, we did another good weather, so we finally had the time and the weather, so we finally finished that. Uh, that, that was an expensive project, but I'm glad that's finally over. That sounds exactly like the most boring day ever. I, I am I am sore. I, I have yeah, used it's, muscles it's also, I haven't used for years. It's also or at least a very last dad Christmas. activity. So that it's on brand for the show. It's a very dad thing to do. Take yeah, a day off and go work in the backyard. Also on brand is we tried to talk our daughter into helping us, and she refused. <laughs> Next time on Nintendo Slackers, uh, <laughs> I'm off. How you doing, buddy? Hey, wait a minute. How come I come after the Slackers? What the heck? <laughs> it just happened. It just okay. Happened. It I'll probably take it. should have been Justin, but uh, we were saving him for last <laughs> to make him feel special. All right. Well, I, I'm feeling pretty good, even though I'm a little tired because I did spend probably the same amount of time that we do on our shows up late last night with the uh, All In podcast crew, uh, Eric and Seth what? over there. Yeah, I got to be on their podcast last night to be uh, do the recording. I think it comes out this weekend. But uh, Tim, Tim, just that was, that was are you cheating cool. on us? <laughs> nope. Oh, I, I got invited. I'm got offended. to talk about Nintendo stuff. It's, it's called marketing. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, I, and I appreciated they invited listen, me there. There's no room for any other any other uh, women in our I mean podcasts in our lives. <laughs> There's not. You right. can't. We can't do this. All right. No, it's fine. I'm glad you got to go over. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and then uh, it was nice to meet those guys and talk to them on the on the air. Seth and Eric were really awesome, and hopefully we can have them on our show sometime. I think they'll be fitting very well. Let's just can let's just do it. <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah. Jake. Jason, uh, and, no. <laughs> well, and speaking of being on the show, finally, you know, uh, he's he's finally returning to the <laughs> to the show that he helped create. Uh, you know, after being out gallivant, what what were you even doing? I mean, you were gone for like at least a month, and it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pretty sure it's been a month. Uh, it's been it's been like four weeks, dude. Which would be Welcome a month, back, by the way. Thank Welcome you, back. appreciate that. Yeah, I, I have. Missed, I, you miss tons of business talk. You miss all kinds of there's financial talk. There's a little bit more tonight. 
Yeah, I know. There's a lot, right? Uh, no, it's it's been yeah, it's been about a month. Uh, what happened? One of the one of the months or one of those shows was are my wedding anniversary. So that kind of felt like that was uncouth. And of course, that was the day show. you hopped in and gave us a funny face. So I had to uh, yeah, no, that steal was a different it. episode. That was a different episode. Uh, that was just so. me know. just walking through and checking. The, the anniversary was when I was when I got a when I got got pie and called you guys from the car. Oh, okay. Uh, and then last week I was yeah. out camping, and uh, as the day, literally the day we're recording, we're getting ready to record. My daughter fell off and broke her elbow. I fell off her bike and broke her elbow. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been an adventurous couple of, uh, of weeks. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you guys are able to keep the, the fort down. You know what I mean? Like you. You kind of like leave and go on vacation or sabbatical when it's not busy. And you guys did a great job just making it look like you were working. And I appreciate that. <laughs> it was good, good for all of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> holding. Yeah, I don't even know what site it is. Uh, <laughs> but I'm happy to be back and talk about all the exciting Nintendo news, including the Nindy's direct information that we got. Tons of great games as well. I was going to say, quickly, throw up the spreadsheets. Justin's back. Right? I see that. <laughs> I see a lot of Justin's back. Thank you. Uh, on- Onyx Music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, no love for the people who've been here the whole time. No. I mean, no, no. I, it's cool. the, the, it's, hey, listen. It's listen. The people come for Justin, but they stay for you. But then after I leave, they also leave. But they come for, you know, they, they're here when you're here, too. Which is which is <laughs> sure. they're also probably coming because we're giving away a lego set well that's true that's (laughs) That's probably why most people are here they're like maybe they're giving away the lego set today maybe we are maybe we're not um speaking of why don't we just go on and dive head first into our news because we've got for the first time in a few months a crap ton of stuff to talk about You know, can I just say this before we do our normal spiel about Patreon and all that stuff? Because, I mean, that's that's all cool and everything. Have any of you guys ever um, – what is a crap ton? Like, it, like I know when- we say that sometimes. Like, I use that. Uh, another, uh, another expression that, that I hear thrown around a lot is a buttload. Mm-hmm. I use a schwack, uh, schwack load. One comes from the a other. Schwack I- load. Schwack load. <laughs> and I yeah, and my question is this is boatload and butt load interchangeable or are they two separate measurements? I think <laughs> depends on the butt. It depends what? on the boat. <laughs> and the boat. Yes. So Marty's yeah. making us think at eleven o'clock at yeah. night. That's just uh, long. <laughs> these are the y'all, these are the things that go through my head. When I should be thinking about important things or doing my job, these are the right. these are the questions that, that pop up, and, are, and so I apologize. I apologize hard, for hard. the derailment. But you know, you know what? I don't apologize for. I don't apologize for telling everyone who's listening about our fantastic community of people over at patreoncom backslash Nintendo Dads. For uh, a dollar a month, guys, a dollar you can get into the best community on the internet. We talk about video games. We talk about parenting. We talk about toys. We talk about what we've been eating. We just talk about everything. And it's super chill. And if that sounds like something that you could help grow or help be a part of, I need you to go over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads right now and sign up 
You can be part of the $1 tier, which gets you into Discord. You can be part of the $5 tier, which gets you all access to every channel of the Discord, including uh, stuff like After Dark, Dad's After Dark. There's some crazy stuff that goes down on that channel. I'm just going <laughs> to... I feel like the, the butt-ton, boat-ton conversation would have been Dad's After Dark. Like yeah, hot that's, topic. A, that's a good one. Well, you know I mean? I'm just going to say that somewhere on that channel this week, these three words were used in succession. Birdo fan fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I am so, yeah, you know, just uh, on a private moment here, I'm so glad we gave them their own separate feed and not ours. <laughs> that's right. Which, yeah, yeah. And this yeah, is yeah, also the reason why they have an NSFW uh, thing mm-hmm. on there. You know, and again, I mean, I give, my, I give them a hard time, but John and Drew do such a fantastic They're, job. That look, bad crossing guys, killing it. Yeah. Dad's After Dark guys killing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Tim killing it with the dinner table. By the way, if you're only listening to this show, understand that we have a whole Nintendo Dads network yeah, yeah. of podcasts yeah. now with Dad's After Dark, with Dad Crossing, and the dinner table once a month. Uh, Justin Jabbers. Tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Dinner table's yeah. tomorrow night. Justin or, Jabbers or on tonight, YouTube, if you're right? listening to. Uh, no, Justin Jabbers was audio episodes I did in my car. Uh, and one of them yeah. was with my daughter for 23 minutes. We talked about Animal Crossing. Yes. And she was so excited. That's fantastic. By the way, shout out to Morgan. Hey, Morgan, go to sleep. And hey, Ryland, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, because hey, Ryland. I uh, hope your arm feels better. Yeah, right? She yeah, said to seriously. Me, yeah, she said to me recently, Morgan said, uh, Dad, am I, am I the person who listens to your show the most? And I said, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably she does. <laughs> Probably. That's where a lot of our plays come from. But anyway, so $1, $5 gets you into Discord. $10 tier gets you all kinds of cool stuff like pre and post show audio where craziness happens. But really, it's usually just uh, me falling asleep and Tim screaming post show and Jesse um, <laughs> Jesse making the graphics. But but it's cool. It's cool. And then there's because like that sounds great in audio. Order. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then then. Then, if you're really hardcore, there's a thirty dollar tier, and if you're thirty dollar tier, you're a Patreon producer, and you get to be on the show. All right. So here's the deal: all of our Patreon producers have been contacted. We are lining up dates for them to be on the show beginning September third. We will have one Patreon producer on the show every month until the end of the year. Boom. I love it. And then in January, we get to start over. So here's the deal. If you're a Patreon producer in that time, or if you're a Patreon producer in January, you get to be on the show in 2021. We'll be setting that up, and we'll be taking care of you. Plus, patrons get a weekly chance to shape the show by being a part of the uh, show poll every Thursday, which we added to the last two weeks. Last week, we uh, we had been restricting it to one vote per per topic. Last week, we moved it to where you could click other, suggest your own topic, and then vote on another. This week, we added specific poll topic selections to ask the dads, an individual dad, any question you want to. And we will air that in our community spotlight here in just a little bit. It's going to be great. That sounds like a tremendous, tremendous value all for a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, some of it, you get the show, you get the show poll, 
email and Discord for a dollar. You get the show call, the, the Discord, and the open Discord for five dollars. It just it scales up. You can head over to patreon.com uh backslash Nintendo Dads and read all about it. We're not gonna waste any more of your time talking about it. Let's talk about news. Cause we've got a ton of news. Uh, and the biggest news is that yes, we are giving away a Lego NES. Uh, and yes, that Lego NES is freaking fantastic. And yes, you want it. Justin, have you built your Lego NES yet? I have not. I have only opened the box. That has been how crazy busy I am. My wife, God bless her, she said this to me. She said, Here's what I think you should do, Justin. In September, when the kids go back to school, take a full day off of work and have a Justin day. And you can sit on the floor and build your Lego set all you want. And yeah. that is probably what I'm going to do. So the box, I opened the box so I could do the unboxing. I did that. I put everything back in the box. And it's literally sitting there. Uh, so so I here's what you do. It. You take the day. You like, go ahead and put it on the counter. Because if you don't put it on the calendar, it you're like happen. me. If you're if you don't put it on the calendar, it ain't gonna happen. So yep. go ahead and put it on the calendar and be planning for it. That day, that day, sir, you call the nearest pizza place. Yeah. And you order you order the pizza you want. Slip not in the, the dream pizza right now. your family you know wants. Tell me more. Tell me you more. Order the pizza you want. Oh yeah. And you eat it all. Eat it all. I mean, stuff. I mean, I mean, cheese in the crust. You know what I'm saying? I mean, cheese yes, in the crust. Stuffed crust. Yeah. There you go. Look. She comes home and finds you passed out in a pile of pizza crusts and Legos. Oh, man. This is going to be the best day What ever. a day. An orange crush. I'm going to make some orange crush and Doritos. <laughs> and we're living the best <laughs> life. Hey, there you go. And listen, you can you can live the same dream that Justin mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. by going over to our social media. That's mm-hmm. on Twitter, at Nintendo Dads, or look us up on Facebook and our Facebook page to search Nintendo Dads. And you will find a link to our Gleamio contest mm-hmm. where you can enter to win a real Lego NES. Guys, it's sitting in the floor right over here in my office. Yep. All right. The box, it's in, it's the box in the box. All right. We have it. It's here. It's ready to go. It's ready to ship out to our winner ASAP as soon as we talk to them and get all that mm-hmm. taken care of. Now, Justin. Yes. What do they need to do? So what they need to be aware of as they're listening to this is the contest ends at 11.59 p.m. 11.59 p.m. tomorrow, August 21st. Which means right. that's, so if you're listening means, to this audio, that's today. Yeah. They just, they have like, like as, of right, or, as of recording, it's like 26 hours to go. Or if you're not listening to this on Friday, you've already missed it. Yeah. If you're listening Saturday or Sunday, too but, bad. But we've given you two weeks of notice on this. so We've given you a lot of notice. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, we yeah. 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 We've been flooding socials with that one. Uh, if you yeah. don't know about it, it's your own fault. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we continue to get we continue to get entries. Now that that, that, that one guy who's listening to us for the first time is now crying. Yeah, he's like, What? Well what? now if you were listening to us for the first time, here's the deal. You still have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. If it's within this twenty six hour period, go over there, click the link, do the things. Get the entries, and it could be you. It could be you yeah. that's yeah. that's drawn because that's what it is. You're getting entries to be drawn for the Lego NES, and we will notify you. Uh, and you know what? Here's here's what I'm gonna do out of the goodness of my heart. I'm gonna throw in uh, a couple of of uh, uh, maybe maybe just one. Maybe it's just one. Uh, there's gonna at least gonna be a Nintendo Dad sticker in the box as well. 
Now, if your favorite Nintendo dad is Tim, you're out of luck because <laughs> that sticker doesn't have Tim on it. <laughs> but but we you're going to get a Nintendo dad sticker uh, at least. And who knows? I, I may throw some random crap from my office in here, and that is not a crap ton of lies. It's just, it's just like it's like dirty socks, a bag of half-eaten Doritos. Uh, um, I have this spoon. Then I stir my Definitely coffee with every day. Like lick the spoon, throw yeah, it in there, and be like, going in there. it might have COVID. You don't know. I've had it. I don't <laughs> have it anymore. So there you go. Uh, it might be this empty Coke Zero can uh, with my autograph on it. Who knows? Here's your gift uh, of COVID. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> we are not doing that. Do not pull this out of that, the audio out of this episode and be like, yeah, they're giving away COVID. Anyway, uh, speaking of COVID, let's talk about um, Nintendo's got games. Yes, they do. Nintendo dropped uh, an absolutely massive 20-minute long mm-hmm. Indie Direct. Uh, what's, I mean, that's basically what it was. Indie World presentation uh, two days ago uh, on the 18th of August. Uh, it individually featured, uh, let's see, just how many games here, guys? Probably 20 games, right? Uh, or more, because if you get to that sizzle reel at the very end, they were showing them very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Not not including uh, montage, there were 14 games mentioned. And that includes okay. the one last thing. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four. And then 10 games as part of the montage. So 24 so games 20- total. 24 games, uh, 25 if you count the one one more thing, right? Because you said you excluded it from the 14. No, I included it. Oh, the you four- included it. So 24, 24 games total shown off during this presentation. Uh, guys, I'm going to go on record here and say this, and uh, let's kick our discussion off with this. I think this was the best presentation that Nintendo has made in a long time. I agree. Anyone else? What say you? <laughs> I think Justin's it was a thinking. it was a very good showcase because it seemed like uh, when Justin and I were watching it, we mentioned this. I think was that there was something for everybody, and because not everybody usually likes everything, and there was a lot for a lot for a lot of people to like. But and and the other thing that was impressive was the amount that they were able to drop that same day. Yes. So that was what was impressive. We. I think they also probably knew that, you know, that, that, and we've talked about this before as well, that they're going to have to use indies to help supplement what they can't bring out. So why tell us more about indie games that won't be coming out till 2021, but definitely drop some that you can drop immediately, which was, we guessed what, around 50%, Justin? Yeah. (laughs) So... That's that was what was impressive to me was, and yes, there's an overwhelming amount of games that I want to play, that mm-hmm. uh, that I I have, but th- I'm thankful that between you, Marty, and our other people in the community have been able to buy the games and talk about it in our communities, uh, and just share their their views on it, and then your videos, that I think has been very helpful. For me personally, and I, it looks like from what I've read, a lot of other people were very thankful that we were able to jump on those pretty quick and give our feedback on it. Yeah. Um, let me revise my statement here. It's what I said was not really what I meant to say. What I meant to say was this. I think this is Nintendo's best showing of 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, 
So here's, well, here's the thing I, I think. You said right? it in a long time, which the, the last real direct was 2019, so I think it still counts. Well, the well, last true, one. But, I mean, we've, we've, was it we've had other communications since yeah. then, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I think, I think here's the thing, right? The first thing I would say is that we're in a drought of communication from them, and we've been open, they've been pretty open about that. So we've been craving this, right? We've been really craving some kind of direct um, or some kind of communication from them that, that showed a bit of a plan. So they were able to execute on that, right? Now, again, it's not their first parties, but again, to Tim's point, they're supplementing that with Indies, which they did a really great job on. I think what they did very well is they thought it was very concise. It was very to the point. We didn't spend a lot of time sitting in a pocket. We didn't need to be. It was quick. It was a 20-minute direct when we saw 24 games. That's a great pacing. Um, I think to Tim's point, there's, there was kind of probably a game for everyone in some way, right? Like, And I'm going to be very honest with you. This is the first time that I've left one of these directs where I was like, I don't really know if anything actually really interested me. Nothing really like nothing like super, super grabbed me. Um, there was a couple of things I was like, yeah, that does interest me. I, I'll, I'll pick it up. But nothing I was like, you know, jump out of the chair, flip, flip it over. And I'm like, this is it right now. Like I'm excited for, but nothing. I'm like, yeah, I'll pick that up. I'm excited to play it. Um, but then I think that the other point that Tim made there, which I think is critical, is that statement of the amount of, and it's out today, and it's out today, and it's out today. Um, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So I think they did a really great job, I would say, overall. Uh, yeah, like I was, I, I will say that I was taken aback by the amount of games that were later today. It was It was funny because by the end of it, when they would take the pause and it would be like, and a short hike is, and I would say later today. <laughs> and, you know, you just kind of expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tim, Tim raises a great point that there was, you know, the last time that we got a, a Nindy's, uh, presentation, I walked away feeling very left out. Um, this one, on the other hand, was like hit after hit after hit of me going, I'm going to want that. I'm going to want that. I want to play that. I want to try that. That looks interesting. There's only, and I'm looking through the list now as we talk right now, um, one, two, three, four, five games that were shown. Uh, maybe six out of the, out of them that I really go. Well, I'll say this. There was about five that were shown that I immediately went no. And then like maybe a couple that I said, eh, I might, I might be interested in them when I see a little bit more. Right. But everything else I was going, yep, this is not going to be good for my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that the tone of this, uh, the tone of this presentation and the way that they were able to steamroll excitement was the shot in the arm that I needed as a Nintendo fan to go, okay, 2020 is not going to be so bad. Like I get that, you know, we we all want first and third parties, right? But I love indies, and indies have been huge. They were huge on the Wii U, and now they're huge on the Switch. I I just really don't see this being a bad thing. I mean, well, it, it gave me a little hope. Where where it gets a little bad for people is where if you do have multiple consoles and you buy a Nintendo console because of being a Nintendo fan, you want Nintendo's games, and you're not getting them. And you're going to be getting a lot of these games somewhere else, most likely, especially if you got Game Pass. So, uh, 
it, it's that's where I can see people complaining or just like, okay, great indies for those people who have just a Nintendo console. Um, I find I play mostly on Nintendo Switch, uh, even though I have a P- PS4. Uh, and I even have Game Pass for my PC. But I don't have time to sit in, those, in front of those things. I usually can just grab my Switch, play, you know, a little bit here and there. Or, you know, after dinner, play a little bit with my Switch. So that's where I think where the negativity might come from is like, okay, great. These indies are great, but uh, I want Nintendo games. That's where we hear a lot of it. Even our own community, we have a couple of people that say that, right? So, but for me, when I was watching it first time through, and this usually happens even if I'm not, if we're not doing a, uh, you know, live stream or live reaction, I watch it once. What's going to pop out to me? I, I have no idea what's on Steam, what's out there, what's popular, uh, and what people want to bring to the Switch. Cause there's a big, huge Reddit community I, I stumbled upon that was like, yeah, this could be that. There's like people listing off like 20 possible games on Steam that could come to the Switch. And, um, and I even told Justin, I said, I, I forgot about, was it Splunky or Splunk? Mm-hmm. Uh, that game that was a big indie game that hasn't been the Switch. A lot of people are talking about that one. So, but I like going into these w- being surprised, you know, like what is going to jump out to me the most when I watch it through the first time and what do I need? And then I do go back and watch some of the videos they post after they're done to see, okay, let me rewatch this. Let me see, did I miss something? So, but when I watched it the first time, the Raji game was what jumped out to me. And that's what I'm hoping I'll be able to pick up this weekend and have time to play around with. I, I missed. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned what jumped out to you because I want you guys to be thinking about like, what were the top three standouts for you from, and if you don't have three, that's okay. Cause I know Justin, you were like, I didn't find much for me. Yeah. But like what, what were the games that really you went, wow, this has got to be on my switch. Yeah, and, and just before we jump in that, I want to just make a quick reference. I did some quick research here. The last Indie World Showcase we had was on March 17th. And a couple of games that that stood out for there, Blue Fl- Blue Fire was there, Baldo was there, uh, Summer and Mara was there, Quantum League, The Last Campfire, Fiera, um, Elders, Souls, uh, Blair Witch, Subliminal... Bounty Battle, Moving Out, and then uh, Exit the Gungeon. So, like, that was a pretty hefty, hefty that go was that soon. one, too. Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, leaving what, that one. I, I left what that was one the biggest the difference between those two? Sorry? There was, a, there was a huge difference between those two. In what way, Tim? Between the one we saw in March, where we re- live reacted to that one, and then this one, was that they had a lot more releases today on this one oh, yes. than it did in that yeah. one. Yeah, the only one, the only one from uh, last time was Exit the Gungeon, um, Sky Racket, and it looks like that was it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, some stuff. Sorry, I just wanted to just check there. No, and it's that's a great point too. And there was a lot of games that we were interested in in that time too, and that I still have on my list, and one that I actually just got, which was the. Uh, uh, geez, I can't even remember the name of it. The far- fairy one. Yeah, the card <laughs> game. The card game. Yeah, fairy. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Uh, but yes, that's uh, that one. Just we got released just recently. But those all all those other ones and even other ones we were asking about, like Red Lantern. Where was that? And that ended up being a little bit of a clip too. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that's what I really was impressed with this time around was they were cognizant of 
let's not just show a bunch a bunch of things that aren't coming out. Let's give some people things to be able to download today. Yeah. And do you not think that that, that part of that, Tim, uh, you bringing that up, so I think is an excellent point, that the reason that they have to do that is because they did it before and it's kind of become expected now? Because uh, I see tweets leading up every time to an Indies Direct or an Indie World where it's like, wonder what they're going to shadow drop today. Yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, that's the fun part, too, is like, is it going to be something exciting yeah, that they're going to shadow it drop? It is normal for them to drop like one or two as shadow drops, but we weren't, we weren't expecting as many as we got. Yeah. 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 I think it's probably with. the most they've done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so. Yeah. 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 So, Sir, Tim, you said uh, Raji is one of yours. Yes. That you are um, highly anticipating. What, what about, what about, what are other two really, sure. really, stood up and grabbed you there uh i would say hades did as well uh that was at the top of the uh show and i mean i had eight of them that i picked out but um it's gonna be really hard to pick that third one i would say probably the spirit fair uh even though i did i don't think it's actually that would be my number nine one so i don't think i posted that one no i did um but yeah it's um that spirit fair looks pretty awesome uh, just very different and i'm excited about what the way that so that'd be my third one is so between raji uh and hades and spirit fair so uh, raji and spirit fair are already out have you um have you already started playing any of those not yet i haven't had time I've, i'm working on uh a, you know another game right now so gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. And I'll say honorable mention is Card Shark because I almost forgot that one. And uh, John helped remind me of that one because that one definitely is unique and intrigued me probably the most out of them because of how unique it was. I, I liked the uh, the concept of it, but even just watching it, it looks complicated. And it looks like something I would like you really have to sink some time into, right? Yeah. Uh, though I do love the premise that it is actually going to teach you uh, card tricks in <laughs> yes. real life as you play. Let's we'll see how well that, that works. I, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Uh, what about for you, Justin? Um, three standouts or however many you have. Sure. So, so Hades definitely stood out for me. Uh, and, and if you're kind of like, hey, I've never heard of Hades or what's going on at it, quick history about it. It was revealed at the Game Awards, I believe it was in 2018, by Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb does um, Bast- or did Bastion, Transistor, and one more that I can't remember. It's the top of my head. Um, Pro- Pro- Proilgal? I can't remember what it is. Uh, hasn't been brought to the Switch yet. But the other really interesting thing, if you're super interested in that art style and the development of it, the folks over at No Clip which you can go over to YouTube and, and subscribe to Noclip, did a whole documentary series following their development, following the release of it, following the announcement, and following patches. Really great work. So uh, Hades was my first off. When I saw that, I was like, yes. Um, the other ones um, that... Actually, Justin. Yes. Um, actually, that uh, title is developed by Supergiant. What did I say? Giant Bomb. Oh, I'm Giant sorry. Bomb. Thank you. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Is a games uh, yep. journalism one. You are correct. I apologize for that one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Super Giant other, Games. Yeah, the other one that caught my attention, Raji definitely caught my attention. 
Um, but I didn't pick it up and I was just kind of more like, I'm going to wait. I've got other things on my docket and I don't want to just like add to the backlog for no sake. Um, the other one I would say, and this is probably the reason why I didn't pick up Raji is because tomorrow I want to pick up Inmost. Um, and obviously you're going to talk about that later, Marty, but I saw that at EGX 2018 when I was over in Birmingham, uh, at Chucklefish's booth and it looked really cool. So that one's definitely been my radar. The other one that popped up on my radar when it came through in the montage, um, and this is just solely a tell me more because I've heard a lot about it is grindstone. Um, and that's coming out in fall of 2020. And they did I, some promotion have... of it afterwards in like the, like the company actually said, Hey, we're in the Indie, Indie direct. We're coming in September or whatever it was. Um, I've heard a lot of positive things about yeah, it. I'm speaking Apple highly Arc- of it. Arcade, but Marty, it sounds like you played it. I've played it on Apple Arcade. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how it, how it plays on the Switch because there's a few games that have made their way over from Apple Arcade mm-hmm. that I think probably play better on an iPad, as blasphemous as that may okay. sound, uh, to on a Nintendo podcast. But uh, and specifically, Grindstone is one of them, and What the Golf is another one. Like I can't imagine playing that with a controller. What the Golf? Uh, yeah, What the Golf yeah. was out on Apple Arcade first, and, and it came out on Nintendo Switch in May. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is, is there's oh. been some games yeah, yeah. on Apple Arcade that have made. Inmost was on Apple Arcade. Yeah. Shantae and the Seven Sirens was on Apple Arcade, and Inmost and Shantae are, are games that I've chosen yeah. to wait on and yeah, and yeah. play on Switch because of various reasons. But Grindstone's a lot of fun. Um, fans of puzzle games that are better at puzzle games than I am would probably like it, but I found it kind of frustrating. Okay. Uh, because uh, it just the difficulty ramps up really quick, uh, but it graphically and thematically is super fun. Mm. I'm not knocking it at all. I just I never really it never really grabbed me. Sure, but uh, if, I, I would say that like people who really love uh, I got a I got an Adventure Time vibe from it as far as the animation and humor and stuff. Yeah, really really be into that. So. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was coming in September, but that's the, cool. The challenge that they may have is is I think they may be competing against Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which it seems like it's one of those connecting games as well, like those puzzle games. I think that's supposed to be releasing probably in September or October as well. Um, but yeah, no, Grindstone was the other one that really caught my attention. More puzzle games on the Switch is never a bad thing. I feel like that's probably, unless you, unless you play Picross... Or Tetris. It's a, it's a genre that's very lacking. Uh, shout out to Elliot in our YouTube channel who said the controls on what the golf for the Switch are super fun. Totally agree with you, Elliot. Okay. I had an opportunity. I picked that up, or we got a copy of that back in May, and I met with the developers and had a conversation with them and played. And yeah, what the golf on the Switch is a ton, a ton of fun. And it plays uh, fantastic games. Game. So check love it out it, there. Love it, love it. I think it's actually on sale right yeah, now, too, Marty. Is it? I know it's on sale actually right now. I'll get I'll get you the pricing. That's how much I love you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna play it on my iPad uh, because I put a ton of time into it there. So, uh, and and because also because Justin knows everything I've bought this week uh, yeah. on the eShop. I like making you poor. Uh, yeah. So, any other games that stood out to you? Uh, just you kind of got off on groundstone. Sorry, yeah, I apologize. The other one that kind of piqued my interest, like a little bit, like tell me more, is. I'm um, sorry, I'm in the dock here and just slowed down. Garden Story? 
Is that right? Garden. Sounds yeah, where right. you play as a grape. Yeah, that one kind of, I was like, huh. Hmm. That was all. It's uh, Veggie Tales, the RPG. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I like when it when it when the name of it popped up, I was like, "Is this from the same people who made Sports Story?" Great <laughs> right? story. Uh, it it does look We're unique. Still making Sports I, Story. I, I did. Oh, right, right. Jesse, what about you? Uh, what were your standouts from uh, the presentation? There were three games that I have my eye on. The first one that was released that day was Takeshi and Hiroshi. I'll talk more about that later. Um, Card Shark, as Tim mentioned. And the other one is part of the montage was She Dreams Elsewhere, which looks like turn-based RPG where the UX is very almost ripped out of Earthbound. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, so. I, I got a super Earthbound meets Undertale yep. yeah. uh, vibe from that. Yes, I remember Which, seeing that. Of Earthbound, Earthbound was an inspiration to Undertale as well, so it's all right, the yeah. same sure, sources. Sure. So if they're, not make, if they're not going to give us Mother 3, we'll just make a new Earthbound. Yeah, we'll make uh, our own Mother 3. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, if I'm answering this question, I can't because there's so much. Um, but but I will I will play by the rules. The number one game for me on this uh, whole presentation was Endmost. And I've been waiting for this game forever. It feels like it got shown off. I don't think this was – I think this was last year that it was first shown off on a, on an Indies. Uh, and then, I mean, it just grabbed me immediately. And, and y'all, I'm about halfway through it. And uh, if you love um, – this is a, this is really, it's, it's weird to, to, to type this game. Uh, it's, it's parts platformer, uh, parts exploration, parts horror, part puzzler. Um, it reminds me of like the 2D evolution of point and click games, like the old Monkey Island and stuff. Cause like there's lots of, I have to go here to get this to come back to use it on this thing. And, but, but then there's also in that the game is driving you down a very deliberate path to get that thing. And there's a lot of stuff going on that is very vague and is very unexplained, but it, you literally begin to get more light on it as the time, as the game goes on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, we were talking about this game in the Discord chat, and I'm like, okay, I don't remember what this game was. And I asked Marty to give me like the elevator pitch for it, and he just said 2D puzzle horror. I'm like, okay, I think I'm out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's not like super overwhelming horror, but there's a couple of points that I went, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> that thing's that thing's face uh, just turned upside down, and now it's crawling toward me. Uh, and now I have to escape it, you know. Um, you're playing it, it, three different. In the description, no, ahead, Jesse. Jesse, in the description on the eShop, it actually says this. Discover a three to five hour emotional journey intended to be played in a single sitting on a dark and stormy night. So they Yeah, that doesn't help. Like, yeah, and the, uh, when you, it's one of those games too that when you boot up at the, at the beginning, it's, it recommends, it's like, 
headphones. It shows, you know, like you need to plug in headphones to play this, which I'm not. I'm playing it mostly handheld and I am playing it in chunks. But I will say this. Uh, it has been super enjoyable. The game, you look at it, it's like, oh, it's just pixel graphics. But the way that they have used color and tone and changing light sources and things is so absolutely hauntingly beautiful in this game. It looks like a master uh, class in pixel art. It, it is. And I mean, the depth of the backgrounds and the mm-hmm. way things are moving and scrolling, it's uh, the animation of the characters. In, and here's the thing. Part of the reason I, I kept saying, if you go over our YouTube channel, I've done like a first 15 minutes of this. There's absolutely, honestly, if you think you can figure out the story from the first 15 minutes, kudos to you. If uh, Because I keep saying in that video, I'm confused. I don't understand what the crap is going on. Uh, but what you'll notice in that first 50 minutes is it's very obvious. You're playing three different stories at the same time. And there's times where something will happen and like you'll make this, you'll feel like it's a big breakthrough and then it'll cut away to another character. And so there's a little girl, there's a knight and there's like some like type of explorer type guy. And I don't, they're all connected, but I don't know how. <laughs> uh, and there's, there's definitely something very nefarious going on beneath the surface. Uh, and so I, I can't recommend this game enough. It was top of my list. Um, I was really hoping to see it during this presentation and then to see it at the end and get a release date. Yes. Uh, the other game that made me just like flip out and scream was a short hike. Uh, and it was based totally. I, I'm not lying when I say this. It was based totally on the way it looked. The like any game that in the menu gives me the option for visuals and it's chunky and thick, <laughs> chunky thick pixels or something like that. I was like, yes, I love this game. You can make like it's very pixelated, uh, but you can make it look better, but not really. Uh, I think the chunky look is the best part, and it kind of looks like uh, if you colorized video on the old Game Boy, like the very first Game Boy, this is what this game would look like. Um, and I love it. I've come to find out that it's only about an hour or two total tops. Which, which game is this again? But A short hike. Okay. Yeah. yeah but I, I, got, I, had, I got this on the Epic Game yeah. Store and haven't been, played it yet, but so I might pick it up. I, I might try it this weekend just because From, it's so short. Like, I got derailed. I played 15 or so minutes of it for the first video that, that I did and I got derailed by inmost. I have not gone back to it, but this is, <laughs> I'm going to like sink my teeth into this, this game this weekend. Uh, I didn't want to finish. And it's super chill and super relaxing. Great sense of humor in the writing. Um, it kind of remem- reminded me cause everybody's an animal. It kind of reminded, gave me like a night in the woods vibe. But I, I hesitate to say that because I didn't really like A Night in the Woods after about five hours of it. Uh, it just kind of felt aimless after that. Okay. Well, that um, is a game I finished, so uh, I'll give this. I think I'll give this game a try. I when we were watching this uh, video for this one, it does look like a very relaxing game. In fact, everybody in the Discord saying it too. But uh, I thought it was like they took the aspects of Breath of the Wild, where you walk. Uh, climb and glide 
and put it in a game <laughs> and just made those aspects of it. It's look, it's bird of the wild. All there, right. There That's really what it is. It's bird of the wild. Uh, the other game, and this might be surprising for people who, uh, have listened to the show and know my game preferences. The other game that really blew me away was a game Jesse's already mentioned, and that is Takeshi and Hiroshi. Uh, I'm making my way through that right now. I did a video for that one too. I'm loving this game. Guys, uh, I grew up watching the old, uh, and I'm not sure who did these. I can't remember the old, um, Christmas specials like, uh, the, the, Little Drummer Boy and The, yeah, the Day Rudolph. Without Santa Claus and Rudolph. And it was all done in that, like, stop motion, you know, stop that nobody does anymore. Uh, and as soon as this game came on the screen, I was like, it's like those old Christmas specials that I dig out every year and make my kids and family watch because they're so nostalgic to me. And then the, the RPG element came up and I was like, oh, so you're – like playing the game and you're doing that for the little boy and you're, and it just, I don't know, I guess it just touched my heart. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta have this. So I, I like immediately knew that was going to be one that I was going to download. Thankfully we got a code for it. I have really enjoyed it. I played the first chapter on uh the video and then actually went through the second chapter on my own just because um when I was waiting for our code for inmost. Um, Jesse, what, you know, I know you said you were talking about this, this later, but I mean, we're here. What, sure. what, what, what have been your thoughts on it so far? Yeah, I, I've played through chapter three. And so you, you, you do learn a little bit more about the, the history of the characters and kind of get a little bit, a little more attached to them. And you also find out that the, the, the older brother is kind of a jerk to his peers. I'm not too happy about that, but well, hopefully that there's a re- redemption arc at the end. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but, well, but, I kind of picked but up. He, the, he um, loves uh, the younger like brother, and all he statement. wants to do is make him happy. Yeah, I, I kind of picked up on the jerky thing in uh, a statement he made prior to to the action oh. of chapter two. Oh yeah, uh, when after was, before chapter three, it's worse. Uh, oh, okay, well. Uh, for those of you who are listening and don't know, it's uh, not everything stop motion. Basically, the action of the game is you're playing as Takeshi, who has made a game uh, for his little brother who is sick. Uh, and it's a role-playing game called Mighty Warrior. And uh, it's not ready yet in the story. And so you actually are like coding the game kind of as he's playing it. So it's basically like, what you're doing it's is like you're a picking rev- out which monsters he fights. It's, it's like a reverse tower defense game. Yes. Where you you, and, you set up the the monsters that the main character fights against, but you, you can't make it too easy and, and you can't make it too hard. You want it so your, the younger brother wins, but you want him to work for it. If you, if it makes it too easy, you don't you don't pass, yeah, pass his, the level. Uh, you got to get his, his joy meter past a certain number. Yeah, yeah. The first uh, thing I tried making... is put I put six slimes out, and that did not work well. <laughs> no, no, he'll die. Because, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, – and it is challenging to figure out the right kind of combination of enemies. But, Jesse, I, I, I got a Dragon Warrior vibe from this, right, or Dragon Quest. Yeah. Uh, it's like with the music and the, the way the enemies come out, you know, and it's very simple turn-based combat. But uh, what you'll find as you progress through the chapters is, is you actually – 
yes, you're controlling the monsters, but you also get more skills that the hero can do. And you can, you kind of control both. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. You can, it, you can, you can weird. tell. Starting with chapter two, you can say this is the next attack will be a guaranteed miss from the opponent's point of view, so you dodge. And then starting with chapter three, you get a a button to guarantee your next hit will be a crit and do three times damage. Yeah. So you're kind of still helping your brother along without him knowing it. The only thing that I didn't really like about this game is that sometimes the uh, the the damage that you do to enemies is inconsistent. Oh, there's like still if RNG I'm fighting in a there. slime, but if I'm fighting a slime and for two rounds I take five every time I hit him, and then the third round all of a sudden I start taking three, that it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I haven't noticed that big of a range. They've normally been plus or minus two of a of a mean. So, so which uh, at least at least I I find it acceptable RNG. You might be you might have been seeing the same numbers and think it's completely different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's Takeshi and Hiroshi. Um, so overall, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's. I mean, we can we can probably talk about this for a little bit longer, but it'd probably be boring too. Um, what, what what kind of grade? Like, if you're give, if you're a teacher and you're giving Nintendo a letter grade on this presentation, what do you, what what grade do they get? I'd say a B. That uh, was you know the. Not every, you know, obviously, you know, not everything's a big hit. And on average, I only like two or three things anyway. And I liked two or three things. Uh, but, you know, I think what, what raises it up beyond being mediocre is the fact that there was like six shadow drops. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm actually going to throw it to like an A minus. Um, despite my lack of games I wasn't super interested in. Um, I think that to Jesse's point, like that out today, out today, out today. Right. And the pacing of it was great. I thought it was, yeah, they covered a lot of content. I give it like an A minus. Um, and again, really because of that, like out today fact, which I thought was really great. Okay. And I would say an A. I would give it a, just a solid A because of all those factors and that, uh, um, just the fact that you have a lot of those games today, I think is a big factor there. And I think just the way they presented everything is a format between giving us the game, giving us a view of it, then letting the developer talk about it a little bit in some of those cases, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. showing a little bit more uh, was very interesting and gave us something to talk about and get a get a perspective on from those developers and what they're excited about for that game. And uh, we get a little bit of that and when it's a uh, AAA title, but... I think I just liked how laid back it was, and maybe just because of the environment we're in, right, where everybody's got to work from home, but <laughs> do their videos from home. But still, it was very. I liked what they presented, and I I liked how comfortable it was, and the flow seemed really good. And I I would hope that if Nintendo does do another direct, a major direct, that um, it, it's not you know it doesn't copy it. It just does the same type of feel where it feels comfortable, nice flow, gives you know here's the game here's a little bit about from the developer's perspective and give a little bit more feedback on it and then move on to the next thing, you know? So I like the flow of it. So that's why I give it an A. 
yeah, I'll give it an A2. And if we uh, do assign numbers to those grades and we do a little uh, averaging there, then uh, because of Jesse's B, it pulls our grade for this uh, this indie world down to an A minus. Welcome. <laughs> so, uh, sounds like uh, sounds like someone was right on the money about that one. <laughs> right. Uh, well, don't, don't here it comes. Go your head. Justin don't was right. Go your Justin head. was right. Justin there was right. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yes. I was hoping I could talk over it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about a few more news items uh, for uh, this week. Uh, Retro Studios is looking for the lead producer on Metroid Prime Four or a lead producer. On Metroid Prime 4. They posted on social media this week. Which uh, one of us is doing that? Applicants. Uh, not Who's I. Because I hate Metroid Prime. <laughs> not, not well, you should do it totally. Team. You go well, in there. Then they'd have like, to uh, restart over again. Yeah, you'd be like, because I would just turn it into 2D Metroid like it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I figured. Sorry, guys. Uh, Metroid in 3D is garbage. Uh, but anyway, who, who uh, here's. You? <laughs> Here's the uh, – can, can I ask this? Should I, I've seen a lot of talk about this. I've seen a lot of chatter about the this – this. you know, we, we were into the development and we had to restart over and then it's been a while and we haven't heard anything. And uh, Justin – Yeah, we have a question about that. This too, is like you. Should, should we be worried about this? Uh, is, it a, is it a big deal? And let me read that question. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go and Jesus. find it uh, – Jesus uh, asks us this. He says, I feel a little unease with Metroid Prime 4 looking for a lead producer. Scrapping everything and starting over makes it feel like this game is not going to hit Switch anytime soon. Is anyone else worried that Metroid Prime 4 will not hit the Switch? I remember telling my sister, who was so hyped about this game, that we probably wouldn't see anything until maybe E3 2021 or 2022. But that seems like a stretch now. Is this going to be the next big thing for the console to come after the Switch? What about Bayonetta 3? Why has that not been talked about in so long? What's going on with showing a title of a game but never following through? Why hype us up so much? This is a softball pitch to you, Mr. Mass. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'd be really concerned about it if I'm being completely honest. Uh, the fact that they're looking for a lead producer does not mean they need to stop development of Metroid Prime 4. It also doesn't mean the Metroid Prime 4 is going to restart. What that might mean is that the current lead producer may be leaving the company. That doesn't necessarily also mean because it's like, oh, you know, Metroid Prime 4 is a dumpster fire and I don't want my name on it. But a better opportunity may have come up potentially. So they're leaving, so they're leaving the organization and they're looking for external talent. The other reality of it is that they, when they're posting for external talent, they are also most likely, like any organization, also posting internal talent as well. So they already may have somebody who's kind of like in that prime position or can step into that position or that seat, but they are posting externally to kind of cover their basis as well and see if there's other people, uh, individuals they can bring in. I don't think this is actually a huge concern for Metroid Prime 4. What I do think is that Metroid Prime 4 is still a ways off. There's no really doubt about that. When do I think we're going to get it? I think we're probably going to get it 2022 is probably pretty reasonable um, based on the fact that, what was the call last year or the year before? 2019? 2019 March was when, he, when they stepped out and said, no, sorry, we're doing it. We're starting from scratch, right? So let's give it a three-year lead. Let's give it a three-year cycle. 2022 is not completely unreasonable. Um, I think they're not going to show you a lot of Metroid Prime 4 because of the fact that Nintendo traditionally, remember, this is still a Nintendo game. 
right, does not show under the hood until it's getting very close. And when they have, they have actually kind of like stepped on the rake in their yard, got smacked in the face with it, right? Breath of the Wild is a great example of that. So Nintendo's methodology has very much been, and we see that, for example, Pikmin 3, we've seen that with Mario, um, Paper Mario, P.S., it's almost done, now I'm going to show it to you, right? They do a really great job of that wait period is very small compared to here is Marvel's Avengers for the fourth time in, you know, the last five years. And by the way, here's Cyberpunk, right? You're like, I've seen all these. Nintendo holds those cards really close. I'm not overly concerned about it. But what I do think about this as well is that if Metroid Prime 4 is indeed not until 2022, um, I think that these hopes of like a Metroid Prime um, trilogy re-release probably is delayed also. Or, or won't necessarily coincide until closer to the release of, of Metroid Prime 4, right? To build some of that hype up as well. So I'm not overly concerned about it. As for Bayonetta 3, I'm shocked that we haven't seen anything for it. The latest we've heard is that it's still going very well. That's awesome. What does that actually mean, though? Um, and I wonder if, and again, here's one of the things that we need to think about. Bayonetta 3, and again, we only know October... There could be other games scheduled between now and the end of October that may show up. There could be things in November and December. Now, the other re- that may actually show up in the current state of play of 2020. The other part of it is that it may have been a 2020 release, scheduled release, but unfortunately it's got knocked off into 2021. And now what they're doing is they're having to re kind of readjust their cards and their schedule and their games that they're going to put out in 2021 because things have got pushed down the line. So again, Nintendo's methodology, which they've done typically, is we're going to hold those cards to our chest and wait. We're not going to hear about Met- then Bayonetta, I think, for a couple for a couple more months. But I do suspect in the next six months we should get an actual here's a release date for it. And if you want to document that somewhere where Justin can come back and say, I have said in six months from now we'll get a Bayonetta three release date. Yeah, those think, are kind of my opinions of those situations. I think for the probably the next year. You know, we're not going to hear a game until it's gone gold, like the last two. It's just until things finally start, you know, clearing up, people starting to work back in the offices instead of from home, and normal life resumes, if that ever happens. Yeah. Well, I'm remind you guys that our good friend uh, Dan Caparello from the Dad Crossing podcast says there will be no more General Directs. And he keeps saying that. And with every month that passes without a general direct, he kind of looks more and more right. Uh, especially since with you know, with Mario, uh, Paper Mario, we got basically a Twitter announcement and then an uh, in-depth treehouse, and that was it. Uh, personally, about Metroid Prime 4, I, I, I joke around a lot about how much I hate Metroid Prime 4 I, or, or the Metroid Prime in 3D. Uh, I realize it's not for me, but some people really love it. Uh, I'm, and I'm glad for them that it's for them. It's just not for me. Uh, my thing is, is I'm feeling like this is, this is, uh, this is Breath of the Wild <laughs> before we move to the Switch. Pro or yeah. Switch 2 or whatever. So This is of, the last game that comes out for the Switch, and it's going to be on both. And that's like they know that, and that's why it's taking a while to develop, because they're in the midst of switching to plan next. Yeah, got to put it in this, to remind people of what the timeline of this looked like. We first heard about it in the same E3 as Metroid Samus Returns, which was 
2017. And then I think it was early 2019 when they said they're kind of scrapping it and starting over. So, you know, it's been, so it's been about 18 months from initial announcement to scrap. And now we're about 18 months in from scrap to now. Yep. And chances are when they announced it at that 2017, there were a few months into it already. But I'm afraid of that, that scenario you just said, Marty, in regards to getting close to the end of life for this switch. And then it also being on the other switch. If it, if they do both, that's great. But if it's anything like the switch return, uh, Samus returns, that would kind of suck because that game I thought would have done better if it would just come out on the switch. Oh, it absolutely would. So, and, and if they do the same thing with this one, it's end of life for the, the current switch. And then there's a newer one that they don't bother to bring it to. Then they're going to have the same results as they did last time. Everybody's not going to, they're going to like it. You'll have the hardcore fans who buy it. Then the, the other people who are going to be moving on possibly to the newer system won't buy it. Yeah. We have to realize that for some people, this is their favorite Nintendo franchise. And, that the delay that they have experienced would be like Nintendo looking at us who love Mario or Zelda and saying, Hey guys, the last time that we had a main line, you know, current home console release for your favorite franchise was the Wii. Yep. And it was a poor showing to a lot of people, you know, it was so, and, uh, I'm I'm a big Metroid Prime fan, and I like the 2D series. So thankfully, I got to play a lot of the 2D series. So supplemented by that, and I even like some of the games they came out with. Uh, maybe it's because they I was hungry for a Metroid game. I did like Federation Force. I thought that was a pretty good game. It's I not just, it's not a replacement, but I, it helped. It helped, but I definitely want a 2D game. I want a Prime. I wanted to succeed, so I get more because I really like the franchise, and I think it it if done well, it could be not a copy of or a replacement, but it could be one of those things that people talk along with the Halos or other games along those lines. Yeah, I, and I think part of my aversion to Prime is that I just want the next part of the story. Like I want after Fusion, you know. If that was supposed to be Metroid Dread or whatever that is, like, I want the next part. I want more. Like, Fusion, to me, was such the, is like the cream of the crop. I'm with you, man. For 2D Metroid. I'm with you. Like, it's such a fantastic game. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, one of my top, and it top, just, top three, if not top. It does everything right. Yes. And, like, I just want them to tap into that and make a, t- a ton more Metroid games. Yes. Um so I think they could do both, Marty. The same I think way they about, could still do no, both. that's what I'm saying. Let's do both. Let's have yeah. both. Because they do that right? with Zelda, right? They do that with yeah. they do the main big huge 3D story, and then they do they did uh you know the halfway or the year later they did the 2D or two five or ISO whatever you want to call it. View. Yeah, yeah. Isometric view. So I just don't want that like I don't want it to be for Zelda or for Metroid. That the only time that we go back to like the beloved origin 2D, whatever ISO, like you said, is when we're re-releasing a game or remastering a game. Like let's get a new version, uh, with that as well. 
I, it's just my preference. And I, I get that my preference doesn't mean that everybody likes that. Just like your preference doesn't mean that, that everybody likes that either. Right. Exactly. Yes. If they could develop two Metroid games and put them out, please do. I will, you know. Well, they could because they got Retro doing the Prime, so there's still yeah. potential room for somebody else. I get Grezzo to do a, a Metroid, a 2D Metroid. I don't know. But anyway, like I, I say that fully fully knowing that I'll probably buy Metroid Prime 4. Just, <laughs> it, yeah, because, you know, stamp the Nintendo seal of approval on it and it's coming to my house. Uh <laughs> it's kind of like when I collect the Transformers, stamping Autobot symbol on a turd, and I'm probably buying it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's talk for just a minute about some more uh, little news bits that we want to cover. Uh, want to talk about Paper Mario: The Origami King? Uh, this game has had the best first month in Paper Mario franchise history. Uh, it has beat uh, out Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. Uh, as the previous uh, fastest-selling Paper Mario game. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people went back to Thousand Year Door when they talked about what they didn't like about Paper Mario the Origami King. Uh, and I don't know if it's just that times are slow or that this game is just really that good. I loved it. Uh, I know several others who have, but I just thought that's good news. It's good news. That means we're getting more Paper Mario. You guys realize that? Yes. Definitely. And yeah. like I mentioned before, when we talked about it, the mechanics part of it last week, I think it was, um, is that they could potentially, even if they change the mechanics, they could, if they, people really like this one, they could come out with the Origami King 2 and, you know, to a sequel to this if they wanted to. Um, yeah. Or if they don't want, if they don't want to do that, they do a whole different mechanic, whole different thing. So. And, and if they do a sequel to one of those mechanics, people already know what to expect. It's kind of like how, you know, Mario and Luigi, the series of role-playing games on the, on the handheld, you know what you're going to get with that. You're going to press A for Mario to do stuff. You're going to press B for Luigi to do stuff. Yep. Right? Yes. Same mechanic. So there Sometimes you go. X and Y, depending uh, on the game and how many other characters you're running around with. Like like the the one the one with the had baby Mario and baby Luigi, you're controlling all yeah. four at the same time. Also, uh, here speaking of sales, uh, we reported last week, uh, or maybe it was week before last, about Nintendo sales numbers for the Switch, uh, and they were just you know hundreds of thousands uh, shy of the the original NES. Well, that record has now been broken. The Switch has now sold more officially than the original Nintendo Entertainment System uh, at 62, over 62 million units sold. So if you're counting and you're keeping track, that means there are now only five systems that Nintendo has released, five consoles that Nintendo has released that have greater sales numbers than Nintendo Switch. Uh, with the least of those being the 3DS at 75.8 million, the Game Boy Advance at 81.5 million, the Wii at 101.6 million, the Game Boy at 118.6 million, and Nintendo DS, Nintendo's top selling system of all time, uh, at 154.02 million. Uh, business, Justin, we're knocking on your door here. Sure. 
Um, how many more of these systems, uh, how many more of these console sales records is the Switch going to pass before the end of its life cycle? Just from, you know, use your business knowledge here. Let's, let's, how many more of these is going to pass? How many more do we got left? How many more do we got left? Five. Five? What do we got? Uh, well, I just went through them. Yep, just yeah, take, I just want to take a look visually. Were, were you somewhere um, else in the last 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to take a look at them on the list. That was all. So I visually see them. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... Here's um, a couple things I would think about. If I think they have a plus... I think they're going to definitely pass the, the 3DS. I don't think that's, a, that's, that's an easy one. I think the Game Boy Advance, I think they can do that. It's when we're knocking on the Wii's door, I, I question that. Um, now, I believe it can be done by a couple of things. I think if you end up having a... So, first thing you have to think about is how long is that cycle going to be? So, the the Switch was released in 2017. Do we suspect the Switch will have a seven-year life cycle? Right? That's And there has been commentary that they want to have a longer life, si- si- uh, li- Which, life cycle. If they did, it would be the first time. Correct. I think the longest if, was six with the original NES on the Wii. Yeah, if if that's plausible, if we're looking at that, then then in then in reality, there I believe we're going to see something. And here's the other part: we haven't seen the, the the iteration yet. We haven't seen the Switch Pro. We haven't seen whatever that is yet, because I think that's going to be another bump. And the way that Nintendo captures that marketing or that material there or those those numbers are collective, right? So we don't see it hashed out as the Switch Lite and the OG Switch. Right. So we won't see it as a Switch Lite, the OG Switch and Switch Pro. But I do believe that Nintendo can, and this is probably what they'll do is as the numbers begin to dip, as a slow, the pace begins to slow down. That's when they're, that's when you could see a shot in that arm, which is boom. By the way, here is the Switch Pro XL, whatever you want to call it. Right. And that will give it another, another run. Right. That will give it a nice, healthy boost, um, which can help it get close to that week. I don't think it's going to end. I don't think it's going to pass the week. I'm being honest with you. I don't think it's going to, um, but I think it's going to get very close. Like, I think it could be a knocking on the door, kind of like at a 97 million, kind of not between 90, you know, between 95 and, and a million knocking on the door. I don't think it's going to pass the 1.101. Yeah, Cause you'll, you'll get to that saturation thing. point where everyone who wants one will have one. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all, and then, at that point, we're already probably two years into PS5 and Xbox Series X. Yeah. So there's that technology gap to deal with. The other, the other, the other, yeah. And then then the other part of it is, is, you know, they could put out more, hey, here's variations. Do you know what I mean? So like, hey, here's the switch. Uh, Because so I mean, like, great example. Why not make a Breath of the Wild 2 collector's edition switch? Actually, there was a question kind of related to this. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'll I'll let you follow in that, Jesse, as I finish that. Because here's what's going to happen. You already have a Switch, but you'll buy a second Switch for that, right? It's the Bobby Paul's effect. I will collect every Nintendo Switch light color, right? I will do the the, the collector's component of it becomes very, um, very kind of increasing, right? If a Switch Pro is renounced tomorrow, I'm buying a Switch Pro. I already have a Switch. I'm not getting rid of the Switch, and that Switch already counts as a sale. So now I'm into two. Do you know what I mean? So, and then, and then the other part of that is if you lower the Switch lights price to 200 bucks currently, you give that a $25 cut, bring it down to $175, boom. You are right in the range of what a, and this is $175 USD, 
you're right in that range of where the where the DSs are moving up the shelf like hotcakes because it's almost it's I didn't say it's impulse buy material, but it's super easy for mom and dad or grandma and grandma to be like, sure, we'll get them a switch light for their birthday. Right. And then you're going. So there's a lot of little little levers that Nintendo has the ability to pull. Again, I don't think they're gonna reach Wii Wii level sales. Um, they would love that to do it. But I just don't think it, it, it by the time we get to like Presuming that Switch XL is not the Switch 2, right? Or whatever you want to call it. When they say this is our, this is our console changing generation, right? We're moving from Switch to Switch whatever. I think you're going to be just shy of a hundred million. Yeah. And sorry, so, Jesse, go ahead with the question. So the re- related question by Bruce Patterson. Do you think, do you guys think the Coral Switch Lite will resurface? I need to complete the Lite collection. Yes. It already has. It was on sale on Best Buy this week. They're not abandoning any of those colors. Uh, I think that the, that could be a common misconception because they've been so hard to find. Yeah. But uh, they're going to continue to sell both versions of the Switch with the gray Joy-Cons and the regular, and they're going to sell all four colors of the Switch Lite. Yeah. You have to remember, with the, with the colors for the Switch Lite, what it really ends up coming into is, consu- is, is if a consumer can show up there and say, because here's what, here's what Nintendo doesn't want. My daughter says, I want to switch light. Okay. She walks up to Best Buy and they're like, we have gray. Oh, well, if I'm going to spend my money, I don't want gray. I want a color that I feel connected with, that I like, that I'm passionate about, right? So whether it's a turquoise, the yellow or the pink or the coral, right? Whatever that is, they want that connection. So they're going to continue to have those options. But again, it's, it's how accessible they are. But they will, you'll continue to see color variants. Nintendo is going to color variant this thing for the light. I'm actually shocked we haven't seen another color variant yet. I suspect we may get yeah. another one before the end of 2020. That's how Diaz got 150 million. Yep. Uh, so, just so let me ask you this, because you brought up console life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, uh, and maybe this is just a question in general for not just Nintendo consoles, but all consoles, do you think that there is going to be a um, the COVID effect on console life cycles. Are we going to see con- these consoles life cycles be longer because they were intended to be, or is it because COVID came in and we had to put things on pause for nine months or however long? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's a, I think that's a great. And I think the reality of this is, is I don't really think we're actually going to see any of the, the cycles get impacted by that. Right. I think uh, we obviously know the exit strategy for Sony and Xbox. So, you know, when they're leaving. Right. So COVID really didn't impact that. Obviously, the supply chain for when those systems are available to purchase, that will be the kind of the 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 trick. But that's not them deciding when they're going to pull that trigger. Right. They They already had those plans well in existence. I think for Nintendo, I don't necessarily think it's going to delay their plans because I do think you're thinking of a 2023, 2024. That will be so long off. The interesting part of it, and I think what I'm hearing from you is a little bit of this idea of like, if, if indeed like the games, so let's think about this. Like what could happen is that 2020 might have kind of already been a little bit of a light year, but then COVID happened. And those things that were sort of in development have got moved to 2021. There would have already been a roadmap plan for 2021 also. Do you know what I mean? That were in development. So what we actually may end up having is this kind of like we've been, we've been writing this like peak. It's kind of going down and we may come back into 2021 and 2022 as really banger years 
just like mm-hmm. back to back to back because it, because things got slipped and now it's stacking. We may see a high level of stacking in 2021 and moving into 2022 of these games that kind of got pushed and shuffled a bit. Um, so we're, we're kind of in drought right now. We're complaining about where's my Nintendo games? Where's my Nintendo first parties? We may be drowning in things in 2021 because of that. That may, to your point, Marty, that may because they're, that may push off the cycle a bit. So there may be a, like a, a little bit of a bump, maybe six months, depending on if they're, if it's continuing to move and, and shake as well. So. Yeah. Well, and just, just to call this out, um, uh, just about switch sales in general this this past two weeks in japan uh just in that country alone uh Nintendo has shifted three hundred and twenty two thousand hardware units mm-hmm. in two weeks yeah which well, brings th- their total sales just for Japan to somewhere ju- uh just shy of fifteen million units of hardware well i think the other interesting part of it as well it's kind of tied into this also and i see it in the news item here is that nintendo switch is coming to brazil right so mm-hmm. this is the first time the consoles are being sold in brazil since 2015 to the high uh tariffs where the wii u cost like 800 usd a launch so this is actually interesting right we're moving into a market that has been empty or been vacant from nintendo for nearly f- or for over five years so that absence Right. So I think what's going to happen when these, when these systems do end up uh, showing up in Brazil, they're going to be sh- flying off the shelf very quickly. So you're going to see probably a boost in sale. Obviously, I shouldn't say a boost in sales, but you're going to see some really high sales numbers probably come out of there because again, there's been an absence of it. Right. So, so mm-hmm. absence creates longing and all of a sudden you get it. Now you, now you're like everyone there, like there'll be lineups probably like we'll see like, Hey, in Br- downtown Brazil or Brazil's a country, not a state, uh, city. Downtown, you know, where is it? Rio de Janeiro. Check out this line of people who are trying to pick up a Nintendo Switch. And you'll see like, and now this guy's got him. He's trying to get, you know, sell it to somebody else for a ridiculous amount of money. Right? Like that shortage, those ideas that we used to see back when the Wii came out. Um, we're going to see that as well. So, um, yeah, I think that there's going to be um, Nintendo's. Here's the reality, right? We complain about Nintendo games. Nintendo don't care. Because they are making the bills, do you know what I mean? Like they're dollar dollar bills. They're ra- they're yep. just they're just flooding down. And it's one of those things that also like, and I and I want to like flip the script here a little bit. We were talking about or last week. You guys talked about the the battle that like, and we're hearing it in the news cycle right now that like Apple and Epic are in right regarding Fortnite and this like taking money from from whomever, right? We have to remember this. Remember this. Remember the indies we just watched, right? It's great, awesome. Do you not think Nintendo takes a cut of that money? Of course they do. Oh, well, they sure mm-hmm. do. They right? thirty percent. So, so even if guess what? Even if you're not buying Animal Crossing, even if you think the Pikmin Three is stupid, even if you weren't interested in Paper Mario, but you're looking at just downloaded in, uh, Intmost or uh, I'm, I'm I'm flagging Hades or whatever it is. Guess what? The money is going to Nintendo. Or a portion of it is. So they're getting paid too. So they may not have their first titles, but you're still paying them. You're still sending them money. They're still making bank. Right? So and I, I don't and know. Put it into perspective. I don't know how much of a $60 game is ultimately goes to Nintendo because you got right. wholesale, you got retail. Yep. It, it stacks money on it. So they probably only get 30% of a $60 game anyway. Yeah. Yep. So to them, it's the same. Yeah. Well, 
And you're right, Justin. I mean, at the end of the day, Nintendo is they're they're king right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're that we may think they're doing wrong, but they are still making money, obviously, and making yep. quite a bit of it. Uh, Nintendo will also, and this is just a, a footnote here. Uh, Nintendo will also hold a management briefing session next month uh, where they say no products or services that Nintendo uh, sells or provides will be discussed. But this comes just days after Mario's 35th anniversary. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what they're doing there. Okay, good, Um, because I have no idea what they're doing. Oh, I can tell you exactly what they're doing. So what they're going to do is they're going to go to the top floor of the building. They're going to go down a long, long hallway uh, and open up an office door. They're going to go in this office door. And inside this room, there is a giant, giant, gigantic safe. And the president's going to open that up. And they're going to open up the safe. And inside that is Scrooge McDuck money. And then what they're going to do is they're going to jump in that money. And they're going to (laughs) swim around. And they're going to do starfishes. And they're going to say, we all be rich, y'all. That's what's going on. Um, Well... That's what's going to happen. That's exactly. not the answer I was expecting. That, that wasn't what I was envisioning. Uh, on a serious note, uh, do I think that they swim around in their money? Yes. Yes, I do. And they should, If I mean, if they have that much. Uh, this sounds like um, a couple of things. And you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Justin, in a, on a, in a serious way. Uh, this sounds like restructuring. Or this sounds like retiring. Yeah, there, I mean, there, you know, like management briefing session. There could be just so many things there, right? There could be a reorg or reshuffle. Um, when they're not talking about new products and services, they may they may be doing a you know uh, a realignment of their pillars, right? Um, yeah, I don't, like this is this isn't abnormal, right? Like businesses be businesses. Right, no matter what, right? Like, maybe, maybe they're just talking about when they're going to hold the company picnic after COVID. You know, the, the other things they could be talking about is they could be talking about, yeah, they, yeah, who's playing the Christmas party, right? And also, hey, what's going on with our Universal Disney World? And by the way, updates, updates on the other projects that we have going on, the other relationships, the partnerships, like a ton of that stuff. And, and, um, and by the way, guys, Miyamoto's retiring. Yeah, could be. Right? Like, there's, like, there's a ton right of that. There at the of, very end. Yeah, there's a ton of that kind of stuff, right? So. Uh, the fact that it's near the Mario 35th birthday, that doesn't, I, like, okay, but that, that to me doesn't mean anything. There's been, there's been a ton of stuff near the Mario 35th birthday and it's not, it's not done anything. No, no. It's like, hey, here's some Legos and some chairs and some lip balm and other they, stuff, but no need Yeah, games. we were, we were all expecting diversity, something announced. We're having like, a diversity inclusion session with a vendor three blocks away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it literally could be anything. Yelling at all their at the underlings to get their annual training done. Yeah, a <laughs> uh, couple other news things because here. That happened uh, in my office. <laughs> oh, fun! Uh, Pokemon Go's next two community days will be chosen by Twitter poll results, August twenty second and twenty third, which is um, Saturday, this Sunday. weekend. As you're listening to that, uh, we'll have a poll on Twitter to discuss. Which two of the following four should be featured next? I'm laughing at the poll. I'm laughing at the the, the names. Caterpie, Charmander, Grimer, or Porygon. If you vote for Caterpie, 
you deserve yeah. everything. That's well, uh, I, I think I'm just I saying. I don't remember what the last vote was, but it was something stupid. And no one wanted it. Like I don't know how it won. It was I think it might have been Weedle? Yeah. I'm not sure, but it was. Uh, the top vote will uh, be September's Community Day Pokemon, and the runner-up will be October's. My vote's to for Porygon because so, we haven't really seen them in the uh, wild in a while. I choose Porygon. you, Pikachu. Yeah, I, I'm just going to choose Pikachu every time. Uh, also, if you were a uh, backer of Sea of Stars, that demo is now available to you. Uh, I don't know what that game is. Oh, my God, really? Sea I of Stars? I, I backed it, too, and I completely didn't have a chance to download the demo, so I won't have well, to do the, that Well, hold on a second. The demo for the backers, you have to be with a $60 marker. Oh, so is it a big one? Yeah, it's a big marker. It's a big oh, marker. 60 bucks. I thought it was yeah. for every every marker. No, All right, it, then was, I'm not... it was... It was part of the bonus. Oh, Seed but I'm not getting it then. The oh, this is the game that was kind of like Chrono Trigger. Yes, and they're by the team who did uh, the Messenger. Yes. This, is the, this was the game that I was like, I'm not backing any more Kickstarter games. And then it's literally showed up a week later and I was like, and I backed a Kickstarter game. I'm trying yeah, to check see, to see what I, I would have to be out before Chicken Wiggle. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> you, oh, no, you mean Hatch Tales. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we, God, we can't talk about this. We, we yeah, can't. I did the $35 pledge, so why, no demo for me. We you, should talk about it as part of the post-show. Don't ever mention that again. All right. Uh, there's there's a there's a mighty rage. Uh, that's all of our news. Let's talk about rumors. Do it. So all of our rumors this week have to do with uh, various different uh, announcements that have been made or leaks that have been made on websites about game uh, release dates or placeholders. Uh, this week on Amazon UK, a listing went up for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still there or not, but it definitely caused a little bit of a stir, followed by a French retailer who listed Breath of the Wild 2 Collector's Edition on their website with uh, no art or anything like that. Just, you know, you can go ahead and give us money to hold this for you when it eventually comes out. Uh, good friend of the show, Chris Logel, who blogs uh, for us over on NintendoDads.org, uh, let us know that NHL 94 Rewind was leaked by the Australian Classification Board as possibly coming to uh, lots of systems, yes. but the Switch being one of those. Um, can I just ask this? I, I'm, I'm just going to be, because y'all know that I fall into the category of people that would be referred to as sports ignorant. Like, <laughs> okay. sports I told ball. my students, sports ball. I, I told my students like this last night, I was like, I come to your games because I love you, and I will sit there and I will say, go sports, do the thing, get the stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, hit the ball and score a touchdown. I, yeah, I don't, I don't do the sports ball. Why, why is this such a big deal? This game is 1994 is a long time ago. Why is this a big deal? Because of the type of, it was a, it was one. It was one of those games. Any, if you look at any franchise, there's, especially if it's a long-running franchise, there's always going to be that game that really hit it off with everybody, right? This yeah. is one of those games that hit it off with the uh, hockey fans, sports fans who like to play EA games at that time, '94. 
that just had everything going for it and uh, a great game for NHL fast paced and everything like that. So, and there's a huge community right now too, playing it just on emulation. So, and that's where Chris was trying to say, if we could get it on the switch and get a community going there, it would be awesome because there's a ton of people in his community that say they would buy a switch if it came out on the switch. We don't know if this is, but I'm just saying it's a, it's one of those things that a lot of people would get into. It was a greater and sweeter time of the NHL <laughs> franchise That's from the true. EA. 1994, Wayne Gretzky was still playing for the LA Kings. Tears from the move from Edmonton had slowly leaked off his face and had flooded the ice indeed. Simpler time in the great game of hockey continued. So and here in the Great White North, we continued to drink our maple syrup, drink our beers, and praise the EA gods for NHL maple syrup mooses. <laughs> to be honest, it, it was it, it was very much to Tim's point. But the other thing is the nice part about it. You have to remember it was like before the weird, like everything had to be online, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of the nostalgia of like I'm playing. You know, it's it, you think about 1994. It's Super Nintendo's. It's Sega Genesis. It's yeah. Simpler things, right? And um, and so I think that there's a, there's a real nostalgia for it. So if it does indeed and, come to fruition, that's great for some people. And and I'm just over here, my non sports self, saying I loved NFL Blitz and I loved NHL Hits. Yeah. And if they wanted to remake that game, I would be yes. Let's and do they it. should they should have NHL Hits or sorry uh, NFL or Blitz Hits like blend them to one. Right, so put the football players on ice and see what happens. Blitz <laughs> hits. You have, like, that would now, be slips. Now I want this game. NFL, NHL blitz hits. Let's yep. let's go. make that happen. Yeah. And it's seriously, really, it's shooting a football with a hockey stick. Seriously, the rewind aspect of it is what's is what I'm excited about. If this is true, and we are getting a rewind, and it isn't tied to NHL 21 where you have to buy that in order to get this or something like that. If you can truly just buy this as a download and it does come to the Switch, I like the potential of other large old-school games like Madden, whether it be 94, 95, 96, whatever, like I talked about before. Yeah, just being... just. Give us the old school graphics and it will work on the switch and I'll be, I'll be happy camper. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was 92 uh, or 93 of that. I just remember that the big hubbub about it was that the ambulance would drive on the field and it would run over the players. Nice. And like it would actually literally show the ambulance running over other players when it's coming to get the one hurt player. And I was like that. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for in my football game. Let's go. Let's run over the players. Can I drive the ambulance? Uh, That's the important thing. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, also rumored to be released this week, Prince of Persia uh, remake uh, was found on a Guatemalan website for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch with a November 2020 estimated release date. At this point, guys, I, I am like nothing's off the table, right? I mean, like I would, I'm actually here for that. I thought the Prince of Persia there's a, um, I guess, reboot of as it was back in the early 2000s on PS2 and GameCube. Did it come out on GameCube? Yeah. Maybe I, I, I'm wrong. I, I had Warrior Within on GameCube. Okay. I, I thought those were good reboots. I'd like to see 
if they could improve it and fix some of the camera issues and, you know, combat issues, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's our rumors. Uh, let's head on over and talk about a couple of events, shall we? Tim, you're up for this. Why don't you tell us what's going on, uh, this week? So this, uh, this is, for if, well, it's after midnight for me. So tonight we got the, the dinner table tonight. So, um, and that's, that's the main event, uh, for, for what's going on. And, and the reason why it's an event is because we do this once a month in our discord community, uh, that everybody who wants to join can usually we just RSVP'd. If you wanted to join, we do it every third Friday of every month where you RSVP and you can join the dinner table. And it's a, you know, it's basically, I record the show with a dinner table theme, not necessarily talking about food, but it could be a topic. <laughs> like what, what food do you like to eat when you play any video games? You know, that could be a topic that we would talk about, but it's, it's basically built around us. The idea came about when you get, sit down and have dinner with your family, you sit around and you talk about stuff, right? So I, I figured let's do that with the dinner table show get around with the family of Nintendo dad's community uh, and just talk about, you know, various things, you know, do light topics with appetizers, do the main dish, which is the major topic side dishes can be, you know, things that we, that people bring to the table. Um, and then there's dessert and it's grown to, this is going to be the 10th episode. Uh, and it's grown to where we've kind of, I've kind of made it, go with what the community wants you know it's it's kind of a blend between making it a podcast but mainly making it a replacement for the old um google meets that you guys used to do once a month so uh that way people can get together so the, the feedback i got from the last episode that we did nine um we were talking for quite some time after we were done recording so a lot of people were just liked being able to just, you know, just talk. And, and I felt, I felt that I didn't want to make this, uh, too rigid of a, like an actual, like we have our show, our outline that we have to follow and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to make it comfortable for everybody. So with episode 10, we're going to try something a little bit different. And I call it the buffet where it's going to, we're going to use discord. We're going to use the uh, voice channel in discord where people can jump in it'll be unlocked so i won't be using zoom uh people can come in when they can and they can leave when they have to um and just we're gonna see how long it goes i might not be able to say stay as long as it could possibly go uh depending on how long people want to stay up and keep chit-chatting yeah but since it's no longer hosted by us in a zoom call Correct. it's hosted in discord they can go as they long go as they want they can go until I wake up that morning, you know, and then they'll still be chit-chatting, you know. But that's the idea is go, we have a topic and it's about emulation. We're going to be talking about that and the impact that it's had on the gaming community, whether positive or negative. Uh, so if you're interested and want to join, you just obviously you have to be a Patreon me uh, member or a Twitch subscriber. And you if you've got your uh, Discord uh linked up to patreon or twitch then you can get into our discord account uh and you can join in on the chit chat which is 11 p.m tonight uh, eastern standard time or daylight savings time um and join in at any point 
but uh, it's going to be open conversations. Like I said, a buffet type style where you just come in, grab what you want and <laughs> talk about what you want and leave when you're ready. But the main dish, kind of like when you go to a buffet and they have that, you know, that prime rib, you can go get off to the side there from the chef there cutting slices off for you. Our main dish is going to be the emulation topic. So we'll talk about that at some point during that during the evening. And then the rest is just up to anybody who joins. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Also, don't forget uh, this weekend, for those of you who are still playing uh, Splatoon 2, it is Splatfest weekend, which came first, the chicken or the egg. You can be team chicken or team egg. And this is the first of three revived Splatfests that Nintendo is bringing back to the game uh, in the coming year. And so you can check that out. Just make sure that Splatoon 2 is uh, updated. It recently got an update to uh, 5.3.0. So be sure that uh, you're updated and ready to go and go join your Splatfest team for glory and splats. Yes. And... I think that's fun that they're still doing some Splatfest stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I may have to dip back into the game uh, this weekend. I may call uh, Eric Plunk and see if uh, he can help me win. Oh, Eric. Don't don't call me. That's not going to work. Don't forget about our husband and wife team that, you know, we had played with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In our Uh, Discord. Look, if we could get all three of us or three of them and me on a team, there you go. They would be unstoppable. Yes. There you go. Not me. I'll just stand in the (laughs) corner and spin around (laughs) shooting. Well, guys, let's talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Do it. Apologize to you, Tim. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, you've already heard about what I've been playing this week, so I'm going to defer my time, and I believe Justin is too, because uh, right here it looks like you've played nothing. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I played. Played some Overwatch, because I like the the summer event things, and I like skins. Yeah, so it's I really got, cool. I got all those. That was good. Um, playing Paper Mario. I'm at the blue ribbon still, and I'm at that uh, at that boss boss battle thing with the water creature. The that's a dragon. Feels like it's a Pokemon. The elemental water elemental. Yeah, yeah. That thing's a real. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm not saying anything. Marty probably knows what I'm thinking, but I'm not saying anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> and, uh, guys, that's what Justin's been playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, what about you? What you been playing? Uh, I I picked up Bam- uh, Boomerang FU. I call it <laughs> Boomerang FU. I always call it FU. <laughs> Boomerang FU because I think it's Boomerang Foo is great. Boomerang Foo. <laughs> We can Boomerang FU is, is a better name for me, so I like it. No, Boomerang Foo is a lot of fun. Sammy mm-hmm. really wanted to play it, uh, so we picked that up and we tried it out. And then he was like, "Okay, I'm good." And then we were done with it. I was surprised. He just was like, "That was cool, thanks." So I was like, "Okay, this this is gonna be. It's one of those games that will definitely be fun when you know I can finally get my 
friends together and we can play or if we have a group of people together we can play it was really easy just to hand over the joy con to sammy and just it was a lot of fun and you guys talked about it before so it's it's definitely a cool party game uh yeah it's a it's a it's a fun game it's a definitely it's got that good like hey it's it's, it's hilarious quick, it's yeah it's quick to pick up uh jody and i played it not too long ago as well and uh yeah it's she she's like yeah okay all right i get it um <laughs> right so yeah but i can see uh i can see it not being like a whole night game like uh our my friends and i would play um like bro force we would mm-hmm. play that like crazy but uh Boomerang FU would uh, would be a lot of fun. So yes, Boomerang Foo, but I'm gonna keep calling it Boomerang FU. Okay, so <laughs> after you play it uh, for for a little bit, you may want to call it Boomerang FU if you're not doing well. <laughs> right, that's very true. Uh, another one that Sammy and I have been playing. Uh, we I always talk about this pretty much. I think every week we play Fortnite together. We do creative, but the one thing that I actually really like that we played is called Prop Hunt where it's like a hide and seek thing where one player gets blocked off where you can't see anything going on. The other player has to go and use a a gun that turns them into a prop on the, on the set essentially, or in the Island and they become say a trash can or it's like uh, capture the flag where you're something else besides a flag. Yeah. Yeah. The other person, once the time is up, person has to go find the person who became a prop. And we were just having a blast where it was just like, because you, you get this pinging noise, too, where you get to hear if you're getting close to somebody. So you're not just going in blind. You actually get a ping on your speakers. Sounds like Origami King. <laughs> so, yes. The toad with detector. The, with the toad detector, yes. But, yeah, you get the little ping. And uh, I, there's some ones where it's obvious where, like, Sammy would pick a car but end up hiding his car, be, him being the car, on top of another car. <laughs> it's like... Hmm, I don't remember there being a car on top of another car. <laughs> so you just start shooting at them and and then when you kill them, that's when you win. But it was a lot of fun. It was the best out of five. We'd win and we did that a few times. And um we actually did another level uh run through too, where uh you again I I don't like those too much, but this one wasn't bad where you had to go through a hundred levels of, of platforming in Fortnite. And there was this time there was only one level that I can remember that I hated the most. And it was basically you have to use a grenade in order to blast your way across to the next platform. I hate those levels, but it was only maybe one or two of those. And the rest was a lot of fun. So we had, again, those are fun to play with, with Sam and I enjoy those. So if you have kids that like Fortnite, I think that's a cool way to play with them. And season three or Chapter season two, chapter three should be kicking off on next Thursday, the 27th. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I just found that out this week and I'm way behind on getting to the skin that I need. I want, uh, which is at level 60. And so I'm going to be playing a lot of Fortnite <laughs> over the next like five to six days. Yeah. <laughs> next Thursday, right? I'm not going to tell you that I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> My son's done. Uh, he does yeah. it every time. But, you know, I guess, un- like, unless this one gets pushed back, like all the other seasons, it's actually going to gonna go. I mean, like, season two was like an extra two months. Right? Can I, just, can I just tell you this right now? They are not pushing that thing back. Not for hell or high water. Because if you think about it, let's do a quick little, little check here, folks. 
on April 28th is when Apple is supposed to delist or fully delist and remove all of Epic's August. tools. Uh, sorry, August for all of their tools to be able to access and do anything with Fortnite. By the way, what happens if we happen to drop the season on the 27th? Yeah, it's going to cause a big follow below with all the people who are supposed to use Fortnite and have access to it. And it will like basically turn those users into advocates and they'll be so angry and mad that they're going to go to Apple. So they're not, they're not slipping that 27th date. Guaranteed. No, no this, this date is not going to fall. This is going to be one that's actually going to happen. Even if it's just like, it's right. just like season, season three is like the Jonesy dancing in the middle of the street. And they're like, this is season three. Pay your V-Bucks. That's it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I am really glad this season is leaving because I have hated the water everywhere. Like, go away. That's it's yeah. not fun. It's not. It's not been that fun. Um, but actually, I actually did purchase the battle pass for that too this season, and just I didn't do as much as I was hoping to do because I like the task aspects of it. I think it's yeah. Really cool. Like we, um, we, my son and I both got the battle pass, and we've been like working through all the challenges, right? Yeah. Uh, which is the best way to level up if you're right. in a pinch. And uh, need to need to go up pretty fast. Like I played the other day, and I got like four or five levels in a couple of games because I was doing challenges. But I'm only like level twenty eight now, so I've got a lot of work to do. Right. So, and then I've been playing more uh, Feria, which is that card game, uh, card strategy game that I got to redo. Uh, first look at and play, do some streaming on. And I, as an uh, old Magic to Gather game. Magic the Gathering game card player, uh, and I've played Pokemon, I've played Yu-Gi-Oh!, I've played, uh, dabbled with some of the other card games before. Um, this is this is scratching that itch, uh, because I don't, I miss playing Magic the Gathering, and I don't want to necessarily dive into it, uh, buying new cards because it, it gets expensive. So I appreciate being able to play electronically with uh, Feria, and you can play it on the PC too. Um, the thing I don't like is you can't play between the two systems. Like I can't; it's not cross cross platform saving, um, but there is cross platform battling. So I can play against people on the PC uh, and vice versa, or even on an Xbox, I can play against them. Um, but it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of content in it just for playing solo. You don't even have to play against other people online. You can just play solo and it's a lot of fun. So if you're in the card games, uh, the strat- card strategy games or the TCGs, uh, definitely check that one out. Animal Crossing, I've been doing a lot of rezoning in my game and my island. I moved my orchard trees uh, into a bigger spot so it was easier to uh, harvest them. Uh, I created a graveyard, which was a lot of fun. That's why I asked the community for uh, a lot of stones. So I appreciate. Uh, I wondered what those were for. Yeah, Nick was uh, helpful in that. He sent me some. Thank you very much. And he sent me a couple of other things. Uh, so I appreciate it. I've been trying to, you know, complete some pa- tasks in my, in my game that I've been wanting to do. And it's been, for some reason, really slow to find in the Able Sisters, like costumes I've been trying to complete because I have in my basement in in my house in animal crossing i have it's a costume room where against the wall i have displayed all my favorite like costumes like the iron man costumes or um the uh samurai costumes all the individual ones i have them all along the wall so i've been trying to put those together and that's why i asked for some things that i was missing 
Uh, and then I have where I used to have the orchard with, uh, in a small corner where my house used to be, I'm going to use for future seasonal area. So, cause I know when the, uh, fall comes up, there's going to be some more, uh, fall type things you can collect that I would like to put there. Uh, if I can find some swimming stuff, I'd like to get it out before summer's over, put that there. But, uh, I may just wait to the fall and start collecting the fall stuff. And then when winter comes, you have all the ice sculpture stuff, all the ice stuff. So I, mean, I think I'm going to make that my seasonal area where I can just kind of redecorate it for whatever season it is or when That's Halloween comes. You know, I'll, I'll definitely do Halloween in the graveyard area, too. So. Turning your island into a target, the seasonal area. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have a seasonal area, yes. So... Especially because, you know, the dreamland stuff. I That's the other thing I've been doing in Animal Crossing. I've been trying. I just started this like a couple nights ago where I'm trying to find, um, especially thanks to uh, um, Nintendoc, uh, Pat over there at Nintendoc. He's been doing really well at showcasing a lot of islands and stuff like that. And uh, him and several other people have been trying to do a lot of the... Uh, uh, showing Dream Island, go, using Dream Islands to go visit other islands. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to find, I'm going to go visit some of these islands because I want to see these unique islands. Either the maze ones, I did a couple of maze ones that were really cool, where you have to find, uh, like one was I had to find Raymond or get to the end to get to Raymond. <laughs> and then there's uh, obviously uh, Pat's got his own. That's really cool. I, I'm wanting to jump into it's a, got puzzles, so it's not just, you know, walking around looking at the island. You actually, there's some activities to try to get through mazes or get through the island to find a treasure or whatever. So it adds a little more appeal to Animal Crossing in case you get, get bored. So uh, I actually talked about Animal Crossing more than I thought I would. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's more hours spent in that game, you know, because it's easy to just pop in after eating dinner, play with the family. You know, we're all sharing, you know, what, Hey, what's in your store? What's, what do you got? I need to come over and get that. Or you come over here. Speaking and of Tim, when talking about animal crossing, did you see today that Ikea released a catalog, uh, where they have put animal crossing characters? Uh, it's, it's just digital photos, but it's, it's like set up like an Ikea catalog where. Uh, Animal Crossing characters are lounging around enjoying their furniture. I did not see that. Check, I'm going to have to check, need that, to check out. that out. Honestly, here's what I'm hoping is like that weird Mercedes Benz um, thing that Nintendo did a few years ago with Mario Kart 8. Yes. Where they had like Mercedes show up that you could drive that uh, we're getting the next update for September is the IKEA update. Nice. Uh, in Animal Crossing, and you're able to get like you know, there we go, Billy bookshelves for your house, or <laughs> maybe they bring an IKEA to Animal Crossing. I, I yeah. am, I am here for that. <laughs> uh, there's a company in Canada, Hudson's Bay Company, that kind of did the same thing, very small scale though. They have like a very specific like look and pattern, and they went in and, and you could get their patterns for free. So you could make your like uh, pillows and walls look like uh, Hudson Bay. So I, I like okay. pinged, I pinged uh, Sean Capri that I was like, hey, I think it was on Canada Day too. I was like, hey, this is this is us. We got to do. You this. know what they need, yes. don't you? You know what they they need? They mm-hmm. need a uh, Tim Hortons Animal Crossing crossover. 
<laughs> uh, with that character that does the the coffee stuff, Brewsters. Right? You're listening yes. to the show, and there currently is a, a Tim Hortons Animal Crossings um, thing. Send me, call me, DM me, hit me up. Let's do this. <laughs> oh my! Same God. thing. If you guys, if you're out there, and and this just applies for people in like Lower Alabama and Texas, if you've got a good Bucky's pattern uh, for a Bucky shirt. Uh, and people who listen from Texas will know what I'm talking about when I talk about Bucky's. Oh, I know uh, what Bucky's is. Guys, let me tell you something. Just just straight up here, just a little off to the side here. I went to a Bucky's <laughs> back in June in Texas that had 55 gas pumps outside. It was wow. a small city. Yeah. Why? It was a small city. Because uh, they're basically t- they're tourist stops. People will go to other cities specifically to stop at this gas station. <laughs> I drove out of my way for 20 minutes to go to this Bucky's. Sorry, so hold on a also, you burnt gas to go to a gas station. <laughs> Justin, listen, do not do not call right. Bucky's I'm, just a gas station. It is not. Right now. I'm googling this right now. Uh, I'm telling you, you're about to open up. Like, have you yeah, ever it, gone to a gas it's, station? It's probably the biggest the convenience the store I've ever seen. They're they're in the they're in the middle of the gas station carving brisket for brisket tacos. That sounds tremendous. And breakfast burritos, brisket burritos. I'm I'm telling you. Oh, it's spelled B U C dash E E. Bucky's. Yeah, my my, my yeah my my daughter is like the Beaver Nuggets. So. I was about to say <laughs> the Beaver Nuggets are just oh my gosh. There's the sweet the kind, and then there's the hot and spicy. Me- Mecha Dragon says, it so it's is. a 7-Eleven? It's like more like a 7-Eleven yeah, hundred. Yeah, they're no, just no, saying it's the size of okay, like, right, Yeah, if you've ever been in a, in like, like think of, think of like a Love's truck stop or a Pilot truck stop, how big those are. Double that, and that's a Bucky's. Sorry, like, this Bucky's is inside. selling like fish inside. Yeah. Bucky's yeah. gas market. station. Yeah. I don't have okay, any here. Welcome, welcome to Bucky's Dads, guys. Uh, <laughs> I have one in Illinois I could go to. You gotta go. You gotta make the <laughs> you gotta make the trip to Bucky's. Come on. Nice. Well, and the last game I've been playing is uh one that I'm gonna try to do a video on or stream since getting into it. Uh but I can't talk about much of it because of embargo. It doesn't end until eleven o'clock today 11 a.m uh but i can say that i'm playing samurai jack battle through time um and i'm looking forward to talking about it uh within the next couple days awesome jesse what you been playing buddy okay so I, last week i mentioned i was playing dragon quest 4 chapters of the chosen and i did i kind of described a little bit about that i did roll credits twice you know because there's ending the game and then there's a post game's content and with a super boss and but you know funny you mentioned the splatfest the chicken versus the egg because one of the side bosses in the post game content of this game is like a chicken two characters having a chicken versus the egg bat argument about which one's better and the funny part is during this fight there's a portrait with this knight with fully garbed and as you, when you when you defeat them, it like will 
one of the items from the painting will drop and then will actually be removed from the painting and then you can collect it for one of your one of the characters and it, over you have to beat the beat the same these two characters seven times to get everything so like at the very end you see like you you see him at one point you see him with a helmet and boxer shorts so i figured okay I got the shield and the armor the first two times, so I'm going to get the shield helmet next. I bet. <laughs> nope, you get the boxer shorts, which then leaves a, 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 a an Yggdrasil leaf covering things. The next time you beat him, you get the Yggdrasil leaf. So now he's covering himself up with his hands, <laughs> and then and then you get the, the helmet. So now he's just standing, uh, just just a guy up there naked, and then. Beat him one more time, and then the guy jumps out of the painting, still naked, still guarding his junk, uh, and goes over to like remember Breath of the Wild had a Terry Town that you built up from nothing. Both three and four had a similar type of town, so this you know this guy with no clothes now goes to that that town, which is now a castle at this point in the game. So I, I was just amused. I played through this game probably four or five times, and never got that far into the end game. So this is the first time I've actually I saw that part of the game. So I I was I was happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Especially after playing it so many times. Yeah. So then uh so again as I again as I mentioned last week, my next I was planning on playing Twilight Princess, but my son left the disc at his place when he was over this last week. So instead I switched over to Dragon Quest Six Realms of Revelation. Uh, I'm still relatively early, like maybe 10 hours in. And this game, a lot of, you know, Six has a fan base, but the majority of the people say Six is probably one of the poorer uh, games in the franchise. And I, I'm kind of agreeing be just because in the 40 hours I, I sat through four, I didn't feel worn out or tired once. But you know, in the early parts of six, I had to stop every half hour to take a break. So it's wow. just the game just isn't grabbing me. It's starting to grab me again now. Now, and but uh, so when then uh, blah. So now <laughs> that yeah, now that uh, the, the the indie games that were released, I'm going to start probably finish playing Takeshi and Hiroshi, and then go back to playing six. And then uh, by then I might have the Twilight Princess discs to play that, and if not, then I, I'll probably start with nine. But again, six six will still take me a while to play. I'm not going to beat that this week. Okay. And the la the last game thing I wanted to talk about is you know those those were who were on watching on Twitch and YouTube probably saw my background earlier on, which I had a video of me playing a whole bunch of Intellivision games. I did a live stream this weekend for about an hour and a half with, with the, the intent was testing out new hardware that I collected that, you know, initially was a converter to go from composite to HDMI. And I have my PS, I connected my PS2 and that, and that worked. But then I said, I want to get my Intellivision going with that. So <laughs> did some research to figure out what I needed because Intellivision has RF output, which back in the, in 79 and 80, you'd literally would physically screw it into the antenna of the, of the, on the back of the TV. Right. It, so 
not something that modern systems has, much less <laughs> a, my Elgato. Yeah. So I had an adapter to convert the RF to a coax. And then I was trying to find a coax to composite uh, adapter. I, I, well, I, I bought an item. Turns out it goes the other way around. And the reason why, well, something I completely forgot because I haven't used a coax cable box in probably 15 years was, you know, coax is designed to carry multiple channels, but composite can only hold one. So you need yeah. something in the middle to separate out the noise and only give you the one signal that you want. So the solution, find an old VCR. That, that was cracking me up when I read that. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I have that. So the, the R, the coax going into the VCR output of composite into the converter to HDMI into my HDMI switch into my Elgato into my computer and I can stream in television games. <laughs> awesome. So, wow. when, so when I did the stream, it was still like, the screen was 16 by 9, and it kind of bothered me near the end of the stream. So after doing that stream, I redid my background uh, art, and I have a 16 by 9 version and a 4 by 3 version. So now when I, next time I – and I, I'll probably do it again this weekend. I'll stream more in television games, and it'll be in true 4 by 9, the way it was uh, – 4 by 3. 4 by 3 is what, it, what I meant to say, um, as, it was in, as it was intended – and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Jesse, the way God Me made it. Jesse Mecha Dragon feels bad for you that you went through all that just to get the Intellivision games on there when he thinks you could have just done the Intellivision collection. <laughs> Wait, there's probably not all the games you want yeah, to play on the collection. That, well, there was an Intellivision flashback console, which was just like plug and play. It had. 50, 60 games, now maybe not that many, 40, 40-ish games that used a, a normal real Intellivision controller that had overlays, you know. Okay. And, uh, but I don't know where that ended up. I know I, I bought it, I played it for a few times, but I don't know what happened to it. Oh, another thing I was testing out was I have a, a flash cart. Oh, okay. That so I like, yeah, that's right. Because you were go you were scrolling through a list of games, right? Yeah. So it was, I bought this probably three years ago. Never used it. In fact, uh, at some point in 2019, downloaded the updated firmware and patched it. And so this weekend was the first time I actually tried using it. Found a few ROMs were didn't work. A few few ROMs were missing. So I went in and re-imaged the the cart. So again, I'll have I have more games on this now that I'll try this weekend, or next time next time I get a chance to to do this. Nice, awesome. Let us turn on the community spotlights as we round out the show. Community Spotlight is where we highlight your comments and questions and co and all kinds of other things that go on. And if we have guests on the show, they also get to spend some time telling you where they can, uh, where you can go find them uh, and all that good stuff. But tonight's just mainly questions and comments from Twitter uh, and from our Patreon and from Discord. Uh, let's lead off with this question from Mecha Dragon 101. He says, my question for the podcast this week is, 
If you recall, a year ago, Nintendo told, I think, their investors that if, God forbid, consoles become obsolete, they'll move to game streaming and stop making consoles altogether if they basically have no choice but to adapt. However, we have seen so so far examples of why game streaming will never be a thing. Services with limited bandwidth, countries that don't have the best internet, companies who are just flat out greedy. Recently in the news, Apple told Xbox that they'll only allow their xCloud if they review every game on the service to them. My question to you is that despite all of this, if you think game streaming will still become an inevitable future, or will companies just stick with boxes and physical games forever? Side note, if Tim's on the show, tell him thanks. You'll know what I mean. Tim just gave a thumbs up. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, all so, of us support each other. That's all it is, you know, when you're having so a rough here's, day. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I, the, the crux of the question is, is game streaming viable now? And do and if not, do you think it's viable later and when? I don't think it's viable yet. Yeah. I think it will be in three to four, maybe five years, but I don't think we're there yet, right? I think... <laughs> I think it depends on how widespread 5G goes, if the speeds mm-hmm. really are as high as promised, if there is minimal latency, because if there's anything more than 150 uh, uh, milliseconds of latency, some games are not playable. Yeah, I, I think that there's there's a long way. You know, I appreciate that Google's put their nose out there and is getting the snot kicked out of them, but they are... But they're pa- but they're paving a path, right? Like, like, like people. Like, hopefully, companies are learning from what's happening with Stadia. Um, I think XCloud, I think, is really interesting and fascinating. I'd love to. I, I was. In, I'm going to be very honest. With you, I was incredibly disappointed with Apple's stance on that, mainly because I literally messaged Sean Capri days beforehand, and I said, "So hold on a second. Can I get X? You know, can I get XCloud? Get a Game Pass and a controller for like less than a hundred bucks, and basically be in on Xbox." And he's like, yeah, essentially. And I was like, cool, then I'm going to try this, right? Um, and now they're not coming to iOS. Uh, I think it'll eventually get there, but it's got a ways to go. I think, you know, Jesse's 100% right about infrastructure. Um, you have to also remove data caps. Like, there's so many things that have to be resolved first. Yeah. The, the I think this is going to be part. Go ahead. There's, I think at this point, there's more working against it than working for it. It's just going right. to be an option. You know, like I have Google Fiber, so I definitely, you know, within my network, I have enough infrastructure to do, you know, damn well anything I want. But, you know, it's – so if I, if I got a Stadia and tried playing it, I'm sure I would have a great time. It's just, you know, the games that they have available are not games I want to play. But Marty can't say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can't even get internet to like check our email where we are. I mean, let alone play Google Stadia. Uh, I don't know. And I've seen so many people who have tried Stadia or who have Stadia uh, who are just not satisfied with the service, uh, either because of latency or because of bandwidth caps or because there's just not really a lot of games that make a compelling case to jump to stadia yes if there's ever going to be i did try playstation now beta when that was available and it didn't work very well 
I don't remember if I had fiber yet or if I was still with AT&T. But even if I did have an AT&T, I had like 50 gig. So it, it wasn't, it still would have been sufficiently fast. So any problems would have been, would have, would have been on Sony's side. Yeah. So maybe what we're saying is uh, maybe give it five years and let's see. Until then, Nintendo there's probably takes a moment to uh, to take on any new technology, right? So yeah, even if it is, even if Sony and Xbox are all in, say in five years, Nintendo's going to be another five to ten years after that. So. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. Since there's so many people who are still addicted to their physical copies. They will not yeah. touch digital sales, even though I've been doing dig- digital purchases for most of ten years now. So. Even once streaming becomes viable, some people are, will be resistant to that for the same reason. Yeah, now, when Microsoft, go ahead, Jesse. Because the, while I, yes, I know I don't own the games; I own a license to the games, and I have a digital copy that can easily be taken away. When with goes to streaming, I don't even have that. It's just a bit on my account that says I can play this game, and that's all I got. Hmm. And hope like hell everything else works. Yeah. So uh, some good good discussion there. Uh, let's hop over to Patreon well, and see, before before we move on, I wanted to comment on the Xbox on the Apple and XCloud thing. Um, I do remember in television we tried tried to get an emulator running in iOS, and it was denied because they didn't want games loading in from external sources like you know ROMs and an emulator. And I can understand that. That's a good, you know, someone can put in a bad ROM that intentionally would install malware or do something shady. So in that case, yeah, every program would have to be tested in that way. I don't see that's the case here because xCloud is one app that does a streaming service, just like Netflix. Netflix, Netflix didn't rate, or Apple didn't rate every movie on Netflix. No way they did that. It's still the same app running the same executable, streaming video and audio. The only difference is also streaming controller inputs. So yeah, I don't. Apple, I, I think Apple, that Apple's argument is not yeah, Apple, all there. Apple took a good one-two to the face last week. Yeah, this, Epic, yeah, this, this happened and first, Microsoft. and then Epic, uh, and then Epic yeah. followed. Yeah, yeah. They definitely are not coming out of this right now. I mean, the. The community guy or the the guidelines for developers and to being able to be on the app store, you could make the argument that everybody knew them going in, right? Yep. And everybody knew what they were asked to be part of. But this still doesn't mean that Apple walks out of this looking like a million bucks. No, no. So uh, it's it's just a, especially a big messy didn't situation. They come out- that. Didn't it come out saying that Apple is now the first company worth two trillion dollars? Yes. Yeah, they've got the two trillion mark, two trillion market cap uh, right now. But Justin, I think going back to what, when we were talking about Fortnite earlier this week, we're going to see some things start to move and shake yep. uh, in this in this story. Definitely. Uh, over on Patreon, we've got uh, quite a, a bit of engagement. Let's talk about some of these questions from uh, first one being from fir- Third Strongest Mole, and he asks, "How is podcasting?" Changed how you think about and react to Nintendo news or announcements. This is an excellent question. Um, just go around the horn here. 
one let's talk about what's one way it's changed how you think about and react to news and announcements. I'm trying to think because you know because I I've been doing this long even well you know with VG Tribune before we started Nintendo Dads so you know it's probably almost ten years for me um, so I really can't remember much of what happened <laughs> of how I looked at these beforehand uh, but at least I know look. The way I go into news announcements now, you know, I, I've, and I've said this before, I, I, I've kind of taken Zach's high hopes, low expectations to its logical conclusion. And I go in with no expectations. And that way I, and I, I take everything just as fact and news and so I can write articles. And, and if I do get excited about something, great. But if I'm not, I I still have a job to do if I'm writing articles and talking about stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably not healthy to have that attitude, but that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I think I think for me, a couple of things. I think it have, being on the podcast forces us to, or I think before it would just be like, oh, I like this game. This interests me, right? Like your lens is kind of that small. Where I think for us, our lens has to be the gambit, right? Where we have to be talk, where we're talking about. A listing in you know Australia or Zelda, Guatemala, right? Where, yeah, like all that kind of stuff and everything in between, right? So I think it's forced us to look that way. Um, I think it also forced the the look to say like when when I'm looking when I'm going through a director and seeing news, I think of like what is the impact to our community? Will they find that inter- that information interesting? Will they find that game interesting? If so, how do we get access to it? How do we who do we assign to it? So there's a business side of that, and I think the other part of it that's really forced me to do. Um, is, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of a caricature of business Justin, right? But I think it, it does force us to be students of the industry and to also be kind of take that Nintendo fanboy hat off and just kind of look at it from a different perspective sometimes. And I, and I think that, you know, there are, there are those times where I'm genuinely super excited about something and like fanboy and geek out about it, right? I mean, Apex Legends was a great example where like I knew the business perspectives of it, but I like, had a huge passion for it, really was hoping for. It. And so there was that, but I think it's, it's kind of, it forces us, I think, to look at everything a little bit differently. Um, and hopefully that provides a different voice for when we have conversations about topics and we bring it to, to our audience as well. The biggest thing I, I for me was summed just, it up uh, well. and the biggest thing for me being, I guess the newest guy doing this kind of stuff is, uh, sometimes the surprises get taken away. So, mm-hmm. Because you're following so much of the the rumors, the ins and outs, and what's going on, whether we should talk about it or not. Even if we do, if we even if we don't talk about it, we still know about it, so that when we actually get an event like a Nintendo Direct or something, it may some of it may get kind of ruined because we've already been talking about it. Something got leaked, um, you know, so it's like kind of a bummer in in that respects. Uh, but in other ways, it's, it does, like you were saying, Justin, it was, um, your mentality does change when you're getting this information and looking at it with a broader scale than, than what you were looking at just for you. Um, and just kind of thinking, um, is this something I should try to play so that I can share it with the community? And, and that's when I try to keep that open mind too. When Justin, you're like, Hey, we got this game. It may not be a game I would actually go out and buy myself, but man, it's like. And, and I've had what, a few games that I 
was yeah. really sour on in a live stream. And that's yes. <laughs> not fun prop for me. Probably not, you know, some people might enjoy that. From watching. Probably like, ha look at Jesse. But yeah. <laughs> Torture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it might not be. And I've been pleasantly surprised at some of these games. Like, oh, hey, I actually like this game. You know, it's, it's a surprise. So I think that helps as well as, uh, how it cha- it's changed how I think about some things. It keeps it helps me be more open minded than I would have been if it was just me, maybe blabbing about it on Twitter or something. You know. I think you guys summed it up really well, but I think that one of the things that's been impressed upon me since joining the show is uh, that people will be like, uh, I'll get a message and be like, "So did you play this game?" Uh, I just wanted to know what you thought about it because I trust your opinions. And I'm like, that's weird. Why, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, why, why would you do that? Uh, but then, like, it happens more than you think. Like, people will be like, I, I want to know what you have to say about this. And that took a huge shift, like, uh, uh, to, to transition my mindset there. Like, like, why do you care what I think about? Oh, well, it's because you've listened to every th- other thing I've said about these, this game or that game. Uh, and so, like, whenever I, f- like, whenever I hear news, uh, my first thought is, uh, I can't wait to talk about this on the show. Right. Like, and because I, like, you guys are my friends. I love to talk about, it, but I know that that produces great discussion and great thoughts for, people who listen. So I'm like, but then there's some of it that I I look at too, like as far as like getting codes and doing reviews and, or previews on the, on the, on YouTube or here on the podcast, like there's sometimes that I, that like, I'm like, I'm hesitant to say anything negative about this, this game or this thing, because uh, you know, I, I feel like I should try to be positive about it, you know, but then I worry about on the other side, it's like, do people think that I'm sugarcoating everything all the time? Because I'm just like, man, I like this game. Yeah. You know, I think oh, it can be fun for yeah, you yeah, or them. You know, if I don't like something, I'll say it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like it's kind of like, there's this, like, I want everybody to be nice to me and like everything I do. So I, Try to put a positive spin on it, I hope, except there are a few things that maybe I've railed on quite a little bit too much, yeah. but I don't and, know. Like, no, and, I agree with and that. And when, when there are things that, you know, I don't like, you know, there's normally is I think something is technically wrong with the game and probably needs to be looked at, or this game is just isn't for me and someone else yeah. may enjoy it. it. You know, it depends on the reason, but most of the time it's the latter. And that's uh, yeah. lately the videos I've been doing is the approach of, I want to show you guys what this game is so you can make your decision on whether you want to buy it or not. Mm-hmm. So doesn't doesn't really matter what I think of it unless you think your play style is like my play style. Then, you know, we could talk about it offline or something. But in the video, I generally try to just say, here, here's the game. Here's what I've learned about it. Here's how it goes. You know, check it out. Here's what, you know, that type of thing. And I think I think that's helped with me trying to stay a little, not necessarily just positive, but just trying to give a, that insight so they don't have to go and buy it and then feel like they wasted money if they didn't like it. Yeah. And, and that sure. was, I mean, that, that was a great example of like this, these indie direct, right? Like Marty, how many videos did you put out? Six? 
Uh, there's five that are available. There's one five, that's waiting yeah, because right. we're embargoes. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, that's work. That's effort, right? But we do that because we believe like, hey, instead of you going and spending your money on that, right? Why don't you take a moment, take an hour, watch Marty go through five different games, 15 minutes, and you can make a decision from that, right? And, and so hopefully it, it influences your decision making to what you want to do, right? Because there's nothing worse than like, oh, I just paid 20 bucks a game and I don't like it. Right. Well, hey, if somebody else is taking that, like taking that on the chin. Why don't you take advantage of that? Watch a let's play. Watch it. That's why we have a lot of those like first looks or first impressions is mm-hmm. to provide people like literally here's the first 15 minutes. We could do a review, but reviews take like two weeks. And the thing is, by the two week mark, you've made that decision already. So where can we more effectively insert ourselves? help you as a consumer yeah, re- and as our community as a fan to re- be able to make a better decision. Yeah, reviews are only effective if we can get the game two to four weeks in advance yep. to have it ready on launch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the question, exactly. I mean, we don't, uh, a lot of times, just inside baseball here, right, Justin? We don't yep. We don't get that. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll get you guys a code on launch day. Yep. Well, but if we're doing reviews, that doesn't really help us. You know, I mean, because... Uh, for a lot of major podcasts and major news outlets, the review drives the look, which drives you to other videos, which drives you to, you know, it's a driver. Yeah. And so for us, that's not the thing. That's why we do, like you said, we do a lot of the first looks and things like that. And I actually, I, like, I enjoy those better. I feel like they're more organic and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel like I have to pro and con everything. Yeah. I can just say, this is how I feel about this game right now. I played yeah. it for 15 minutes and I don't ever want to play it again. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I played it for 15 minutes. I definitely want to play more. Yeah. Uh, and, and so hopefully that comes across when we record those. Yeah. But, uh, if, if, you know, that's why we talk about what we've been playing too is because, you know, some of the stuff we're playing, you know, we're playing it because we got a code and we need to. Yeah. And then sometimes they- we just play it because we want to. Yeah, yeah, and I want to give a, you know, on that, I want to give a big shout out to, like, there's a group of community creators behind the scenes, like, the yes. the four and five of us get to set up here and have conversations about it, but there's a ton of there's, uh, of folks who behind the scenes are like, yeah, I, I can take that review for code for you, I can do mm-hmm. a, a first look, I can get that done up, and, and like, you know, so those videos that are hitting our, our, our YouTube channels are done by a lot of creators who kind of say the same thing, and they're helping us to just support our community, and we greatly appreciate that. And, and Definitely. So, yeah. So it helps. And so hey, much. look, that's a nice little commercial there. That's a perk of being uh, a patron of the show. Is you never know, we may you can pitch in and we'll give you some codes for some games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make some videos. Yeah, we we love to be able to do that for for our community, and we love yeah. it. Yeah. Again, that's part of the community part of it. We're we're all just helping each other. Right. Yeah. Or even some of them will say they bought a game and they're like, hey, can I do yeah. a review? Oh, yeah. You know, and then we get those. Yeah. So, yeah, those are great, too. Yes. Uh, let's throw a couple more uh, here. Uh, Shiv UK asks us this. When Nintendo has spoken about any potential delays or the lack of them, they mentioned games planned for physical year. Fiscal what are the year? chances we yeah. What What are the chances we have a quiet holiday season and a stacked spring 2020. I think we've kind of already talked about this, but we can go back and hit that again for just a minute. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, the, the Coles Notes version on that is there's definitely a really good possibility of that. 
right? Where we see because of a, you know, the, the slip, you can say things that may, maybe, maybe this, this aimed for September of this year or, or, you know, move six months in the future. Well, sure. Look at your round March, that fiscal year, right? The, the, the March 31st is their fiscal year was when it finishes off. Um, which is one of the reasons why Animal Crossing had so much attention at the end of this year is they really want to make very clear about that messaging. So that was their focus. Um, but I do think, yeah, 2021 could absolutely be a very stacked year. Um, and 2020 is kind of our little bit of a, a, a drier year. But I, I'm suspecting that it's going to be, it's going to be stacked. Because yeah, if a September game got delayed to March, what an April game didn't, you got, now you got what you, originally was two games in, in a four month stretch is, yeah. or six month stretch is now two games within a month. Yeah. And, and, and I think when that happens, Nintendo has to reshuffle their deck. They have to refigure out where you put these games, when do you put them. Oh, right? yeah, you know, I'm sure they do that. Traditionally has like a low-hanging fruit in January. And what I mean by that, it's usually a port, right? Uh, it was uh, Shimagami Tensei. No, sorry, I apologize. Sharp FE this year. Last year was Mario Deluxe, right? It's really port time. Typically the first quarter of the year, even into Q2. So what I mean by that is um, Nintendo really doesn't really get momentum really, really, really going until typically May, June, July, and they've got a good steam going into uh, August is usually one, and then they hit September, October, November super hard, and then cool down into December, right? So there's a little bit of a, of a heat pattern and a heat signal or a method that they do there. So, I, I yeah, I think they're going to have to reshuffle their cards probably in 2021 to make sure that they're clear and have a good strategic strategy so that they're not stepping over each other and actually cannibalizing sales of other games. I still think there's something big coming to combat what PlayStation and Xbox doing. It may not be as big as they wanted because of COVID, but I still think there's something they're going to do for the holiday. Sequel to the jump rope game. And this this comes with the whole podcasting question. How how does podcasting affected me too? Is I have to look I have to look at things differently because there's the fan of me that hopes for something, you know, at the end of the year. And then there's the podcaster side now of me who's got to think of the reality of it. Justin's what he's saying is making total sense that things may have been pushed all the way to 2021. But I'm hoping and I've been saying this all year long. I have this gut feeling that Nintendo is going to be dropping something big. Uh, maybe not as big again because of COVID, but it's still going to be big when they do it for the holidays, especially when combating Sony and um, Microsoft. Yeah, because Pikmin is not your go-to holiday game. Right. I, 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 I agree. I think it. there's something else coming too. Yeah, they've, they've uh, got a they've got a story. Uh, this, and, <laughs> this is a little bit of my commentary before. Of like, we know what is dated for October, but they're absolutely like October thirtieth. There's absolutely time in September and October for other things to drop out. Um, that's like surprised yeah. out in two weeks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're you're uh, you're right. I hope you're right. I've said that several times. I hope that there's surprise releases, and uh, I'm really hoping for the Mario 35th uh, thing to be real. But Tim's right. We got to balance hope with expectations. High hopes. Low expectations, especially for 2020. A couple of questions from Twitter as we close out the show and a comment, too, by the way, from Patreon. Richard Escobar says, Marty, I'm joining you on the WWE Battlegrounds hype. I can't wait. We'll have to play online together. 
Uh, I can't wait for that game. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, we talked about that before. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, fun distraction. Yeah, we got we got to do this. Uh, over on Twitter, Brandon Com Sky Crew says this: Do you think now is a good time for Switch Nintendo Selects? One two Switch Arms Splatoon Two could all be great at the twenty dollar price point. Because yes. of the holidays. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So here's what I'd say. Three years in. I agree. I think it would be a great idea. Uh, Nintendo is not going to do that to Splatoon. I can almost reassure you of that because it yeah, still it's... moves. One, two switch shouldn't have been priced at 60 bucks to start off with. That should have been $20. <laughs> so let's start with that. Uh, arms, I could see like a $30 value for. Um, yeah, but I, I do guess... agree. Like the, the select program is great. And I, and I do think that that's a good opportunity to catch some of those games. Um, but I do think that those would be those would be great games to have on the select for sure, for sure. I, I, I just think don't think Nintendo is going to do that. I think this would be a great place for those million sellers mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, but Marty, that's every out. that's every Nintendo Switch game first party. But but you're you're not hearing what I'm saying. You got Animal Crossing at 22 million at the top of the list. Probably, let's be honest, it's probably 25 at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got down at the bottom of the list, you've got like New Super Zeno Mario Brothers. Z- Z- uh, well, that just came out, so that's not going to Nintendo Selects. But uh, Z- you know, Mario uh, Party, mm-hmm. uh, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, those would be some great games. Yeah. Eventually, Luigi's Mansion would probably be down there too. Um, you I know, think I think it's a great idea. The cha- and here's the challenge that I would say with it again, brilliant idea. I love it. I wish they would do it. Nintendo is notorious for saying, like, they do not drop the price of their games. If they do, it's a very small window in the back. They don't believe that their IPs go on sale. They're not like a Division 2 where it's like two months later you can get it for 20 bucks, right? Yeah. They don't believe that methodology, but I do 100% believe they should be doing a selects program to help with sales. And that's a good point. Uh, Mikey Burgett asks us this question for the podcast with the anniversary of the online service coming up next month. What would you like to see Nintendo announce to help entice gamers to resubscribe? And what do you think they will announce, if at all? Mikey, here's my pitch that I had uh, just before the Nintendo, the World, the Indies Direct, whatever you want to call it. I said that during the Direct, Nintendo needs to reveal the Indies Pass, which is part of the Nintendo Switch subscription that you already pay for and that you get uh, access to like 350 games that are categorized as indies as a starting in every single month. It's it's Game Pass for indies is what it is. That's exactly what it is. And so, oh, Intmoster, Intmoster is out now? Cool. It's on my indies Game Pass and I can play it right now. That would be, that would be tremendous value. And I think that combats that kind of like idea of Apple Arcade. It's a, it's a step towards like a Game Pass subscription model. You know, I think they'd understand the, the kind of where the, where the industry is moving. I think they need to do that. I'm going to say this. I don't think they are doing anything this year to entice you to resubscribe to, um, to get to the Nintendo Switch subscription other than other than them saying, P.S., we're figuring out a way to move your animals in Animal Crossing. You should continue to be subscribed. That is what they're going to do. They are not going to do anything else. So if you're suspecting or are waiting for N64 classics or GameCube classics, <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. It's not going to happen. 
<laughs> I was actually going to say Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance would be potentially the enticer. Uh, again, this could be mixing my reality with the fan side of things, but, um, you know, following the pattern they did, you know, obviously the NES was the first one last year. It was SNES. Now what's going to be next? I'm hoping Game Boy Advance stuff because I want to be able to replay what we talked about earlier, Metroid Fusion, Zero Mission, you know, those, those type of games on my Switch, I think would be a lot of fun. I just hope they find a way to actually fix the problem of in sleep mode, unlike what the 3DS did. Because, like, when you, on the GBA games, when you put the system in the sleep mode, the game's still running. Yes. So I, I forgot about that. When I, one, one of the times I played through Fusion, instead of saying, you took three and a half hours, it said, <laughs> you took 37 hours. Right. Like, what? Yeah, how'd you do that? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I hope so too, but that, Again, maybe a wish. I don't know, but that's that's what I'm throwing out there is a GBA library. I I would. I want to be clear. I this. hope that happens, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I'm not betting on it. Right. I, I think that I think the GBA thing is probably your Game Boy thing is is probably the closer to reality because uh, with N64 and GameCube games, you have some unique challenges. Uh, that you don't wouldn't have with with Game Boy because pretty much everything there's 2D or you know what you already have out there anyway and and it would be uh, a very unique thing for the Switch to have that because it it does celebrate uh, the the handheld part of the yes. Switch and, to, and the handheld nature of Nintendo's old consoles. To Mecha Dragon's point, yes, because of the Ambassador program, they did not bring over Game Boy Advance games except for those 10 they did, uh, or Game Boy Advance games or Game Boy games, period. Um, uh, and it was a promise that Iwata did that said, we're only going to give it to the Ambassador program and we're not going to bring any more over. Uh, which, which tells was, me they never could found a way to solve the problem. Except <laughs> so. for those ones they did. So I don't know. Well, it they, seems... well, no, the the problem of the clock running oh, while okay, in sleep gotcha. mode, they didn't solve sense. that problem. So uh, it is, it was a bummer they that nothing else came out, and that's why I'm hoping that yes, that they make up for it. Okay, they didn't do it or pro- solve that problem then. Maybe they do now, and it's in the online section. Yeah, awesome. I'd also like to see GBA games. But again, it's, you know, I think the N64 uh, can be doable. You know, they've had a Wii Virtual Console before. You just get, you know, remap how the Z button works and how the, the C buttons work to the right stick, which everything that they've has already been done before. In fact, those games would probably look better on the handheld as opposed to the 65-inch TV just because of <laughs> the blocky nature of the N64. Right. Those games look garbage on a big screen, but they look fine mm-hmm. on a smaller one. Uh, the GameCube, and we've been talking about for years how the GameCube's got its own special thing that no one, no other system has and will probably never happen. Not without yeah. a whole new system that's will, that will also be able to support it. You know, the hybrid shoulder buttons, the analog to the click. Right. Yep. I'm going to state this on this podcast right now, that if Nintendo was willing to produce a set of Joy-Cons 
that would act with the same function as a GameCube controller, and they were to sell those through Nintendo Switch Online only, I am lining up day one, first time they're on sale, take my money, here it is, put Game put GameCube games out there. There you go. Yes. That's how I think you add value. Honestly, because that's what he's asked, what would you like to see Nintendo announce? I would like to see Nintendo announce all old games, all the old games. Make Put them all on there, right? Yeah. Make special controllers for all of them. I'll buy them. Will I use them? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no I, I bought two but Super I'll Nintendo controllers, and they're still boxed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this. I just finished Donkey Kong Country on the, the, the SNES app. And I did it with the Super Nintendo controller because my son had got it out. And I was like, man, I've never played with that. I've never used it. I'll just use it to finish off Donkey Kong Country. There you go. There you go. Felt great. Retro rewind. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, but no, here's the deal. Sell me all of the nostalgia. That's fine. Just make sure that the, the thing about it is, is that Nintendo prepped us with the virtual console on Wii and Wii U to have this always available library of retro games. We've talked about this before. Uh, they did not deliver that on the Switch. And I'm one of those people that when Jesse or when Reggie was talking about, um, you know, talk to me about virtual console in a year, you know, or we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about virtual console then. And everybody started talking about like, Oh, you know, they had the upgrade thing where you could upgrade your, your virtual console games from the Wii to the Wii U and you can only pay a dollar, you know, and blah, 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 blah. I, I'm the idiot that went in and upgraded all of them because so, I no, thought, Oh, you're not the only one. They're moving over. So did I. That means they're moving over. Yeah, I did it too. And so. I, I still want to see something with that. I still think that that that's a huge miss. Uh, like I love the Netflix thing, but it's it's not been as consistently quality as the Virtual Console as across three consoles. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of going with Justin's though. I think I think that anything that was last half of this year has been pushed to 2021, and anything that we See, even though Nintendo has said time and time again, this is, uh, you know, we've got to increase value. We've got to increase value. We've got to increase value, blah, blah, blah. That's coming 2021 because thanks COVID. (laughs) And on that note, guys, we're going to finish up here. Uh, That has been episode 293. Justin, we're so glad that you could take time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. To come back and visit with us here. Uh, Us plebeians who keep the lights on for you while you're gone. Yeah, again, guys, fantastic Uh, work. You're all getting raises this year. Congratulations. (laughs) Okay. Uh, As we round out the show and close up, we want to say thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, and Antonio Contronio. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show at the producer level. And thank you to all of you who are over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Whether you're a 10, a 5, a $1 supporter each month or $30, it doesn't make a difference to us. We love you guys all the same. We're so thankful for you. And if you're not part of the greatest community on the Internet, you head on over there, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, and join up right now. It will change your life. 
You can head over to nintendodads.org for all of our tweets, podcast episodes, videos, social media, Patreon page link, and merch where you can get things like our brand new Nintendo Dads uh, 2020 logo mask, uh, the t-shirt winner of the year, which is the Super Smash Dads. You can buy one of those over there. Uh, and you can also find us on most places that you're at, you know, social media, Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just type in Nintendo Dads. Boom. There we are. Uh, you can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave us a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remind you, as you're listening to this on whatever podcast service you choose to listen to us on, go in there, give us a five-star rating, write some words. Uh, you could just say, hey, I like this show. doesn't have to be poetry or Shakespeare or anything. But here's the thing. Your five-star review and your written words help more people find the show. Pushes us up the charts so that you can be a part of it. I would more also, people can be a part of what we I would doing. also like someone just go in, just go in and write some words. Just... Some words in the review. <laughs> five star, that, like, five star. Some review. You do that. You do that. First person do that. This this next week, we're gonna send you a ten dollar eShop gift card. Yes. Yes. Go over I to go it. over to whatever Apple or whatever it is. Five star. Some Apple. words. We'll Apple figure it out. All right. Yep. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll get it taken care of. Do it. Take a screenshot of it and contact the show. Yeah, send us a DM. Send us DM. Com. Or DM us on Twitter. Yeah, with proof that you did it. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just technical difficulties right at the end of the show. Anyway, if you have uh, already given us a review and you heard what Justin just said, sorry, you can't be a part of this contest. It's new reviews only. Yeah, I said that. We'll give you a $10 eShop card for five-star review in some words, though. Guys, for me, for Tim, for Jason Masson, for Jesse and the rest of uh, the crew here at Nintendo Dads. Thanks for listening to episode 293. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Check you later. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. You gotta get your together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>